Hello everyone, hello, I'm Cass, I'm Alex, uh, and this was talking about Neon Genesis Evangelion, directed by Hideaki Anna, briefed by Gainax, uh, it's my favorite anime, and I, I had, I had some experiences watching, watching this show. Uh, oh, this yeah. time or the first time? Uh, every time, Every really. time, that's every wonderful. Every time, really, but especially this time, um, yeah, I, I had, I had some, I, I had some emotional experiences, and I'm not... Sure, I'm emotionally ready for you to just tell me how trash it is. Um, hey, uh, good good news for you. Um, I'm not going to. Did you so, like the show? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you earlier you you were going on about how you couldn't wait for me to couldn't wait for how much I was going to hate the show. Um, either just because it would make good content. Uh, no, or, I, it, like, I, when I said that it was sarcastic, because I just knew, I knew you were gonna hate it, and I, I was not looking forward to it, I was extremely not looking forward yeah. to oh, it. Oh, I didn't hate it, the, the problem is, I didn't like it either, which you is had no kind feelings of about the it? worst of all possible worlds, I'm more or less indifferent to it. You're more or less, in, I don't understand that you can watch this show and be indifferent to it, because it's it, wild, it's wild from beginning to end. It's, it's wild... At some points, <laughs> it's every every second of every episode of this show is weird as shit. Um, um. Okay, so before we get into talking about Ava, we can talk about, I guess, sort of the lore surrounding the production of this show, because there's a lot of it, and it it matters when interpreting the show. I think. Um. Or when talking about the show, it's, it's sort of a requirement to talk about Hideaki Anno and his experiences prior to the production of the show, and then also, like, the weird production that the show itself had. So, uh, after uh, finishing production on Nadia the Secret of Blue Water, which was the TV show that they did, that Gainax did before, immediately before Ava, uh, Anno spent basically four years doing absolutely nothing because he was extremely depressed. And and over the course of of uh, of that depression, he sort of became, and also over the course of production of Ava, he became very disenchanted with like otaku uh, and like the otaku subculture, um, which makes Ava a really interesting show because it's in a genre mecha, which basically exists primarily to sell toys. <laughs> um right. so like so like Ava in in a lot of ways is a show that's designed to sort of create more otaku to to sell plastic crap to. <laughs> um but um Ano sort of became very disenchanted with that. But the benefit of of making a TV show that exists primarily to sell toys is that as long as the robots look cool, you can do literally whatever the fuck you want else with it. <laughs> um, it's uh, true. That's true. So, about most of the way through, around like episode fourteen or fifteen, when they were working on this show, um, 
there were the the uh, sarin gas attacks on the Tokyo subway. Oh shit! Right. Yes. Uh, which what was were the cult pr- name? Om Shinrinkyo. Right. Uh, and they were this doomsday cult, and the sarin gas attacks were part of their plan to initiate the apocalypse. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah which, yeah. if you, which like the plot of Ava is a like the sort of macro plot of Ava is about a shadowy government group that wants to cause the end of the world by initiating the apocalypse. And so the, (laughs) the similarities were more than surface level. And so this made Anna want to drop a chunk of completed work for the end of the show, which put them on an even tighter time schedule and budget schedule Uh. than uh, they initially were. So this show gets, weird for reasons that were intentional from the beginning and also because they were running out of money and doing something that was weird was cheaper than doing something normal right um so we can we can go through this i have so many notes on every single episode do you want to talk about the over like the overarching like bullshit plot and then go into like Um, the important stuff i guess we can we can talk about We'll, we'll we'll talk about the setup. We'll talk about the first episode and the, okay. the first few episodes. So this, it takes place 15 years after an event called the Second Impact, right. um, which was this disaster that happened at the South Pole. And the sort of public cover story is that a meteor hit the Earth and destroyed the South Pole. Um, but what actually happened was... Uh, basically a team of scientists there initiated the second impact by meeting God or something. Uh, it's a little, it's a little fuzzy. Um, yeah, I tried to look at the wiki to like understand some of the background and it didn't really help. Yeah, it's not because, (laughs) because the thing is, is that the show doesn't contain a ton of lore, but there was much like, uh, uh, Utena. There mm-hmm. was a manga that was created simultaneously with the show, mm. and the manga ended in 2014. Really? Uh, so there is a ton of lore in the manga. I've that's, never read the manga. I know terrifying. nothing about it. It's terrifying, but I can only imagine <laughs> the lore. Seriously? I can only imagine. God. Um, it's horrifying. Um, so the first thing that you will you'll encounter upon watching Ava is the probably the second greatest anime opening in the history of anime openings. Wait, what's the best the, one? Tank from Cowboy Bebop, obviously. Oh, I thought you meant the uh, opening, like, s- opening song. E- uh, and I was like, no way, is it something better than Cruel Angel's Thesis? Yeah, tank is better than a Cruel Angel's Thesis. I will die on that hill. Wow. Uh, but the openings, the the anime openings are, uh, the Bebop opening is also just better. Uh, oh, uh, than, I mean, than the Bebop. Ava opening. Yeah, well. Uh, but it's an ex- it's extremely close. It is ex- unbelievably close. A Cruel Angel's Thesis is such a good song. Oh my god! Yeah, I I I, I absolutely agree with that. Yeah, that so song whips ass. So the the show the first person the first two people we meet in the first episode are Shinji and Misato. Um, and I'm glad that over the course of writing all of my notes for this, I stopped. I finally stopped wanting to call her Mitsuru, which is a character from Persona Three. <laughs> and I finally wanted to stop calling her Mitsuo, which is a different character from Persona 4. Um, uh, when, yeah, when I, when her last name is Katsurugi, and so at yeah. first I was I was trying to call her Kusanagi from, like, yes. uh, Ghost in the Shell. From Ghost in the Shell, yeah. Yeah, she has a very confusable name. 
Um, so uh, Masato sends Shinji a sexy beach photo and is like, hey, you're going to conscript you to the military. Hope you're cool with that. Um, <laughs> yeah, what the fuck is that? <laughs> that happens. I know, but... <laughs> oh, I don't know why it happens. <laughs> because the other thing that you have to do when you're trying to get people to buy toys of your show Fan is you have service. to. I know. Yeah, you necessarily have to just objectify women's bodies. It comes with the territory. Uh, it's it. That doesn't mean that it sucks any less. But I do understand it. Um, and what happens when we watch End of Ava? It will. It makes me hate it less. Um, and huh. end of Ava does like some stuff that happens in end of Ava. We'll get to it next month. Um, so yeah, so, so Masato is this, she's at the time, a major yeah, at nerve and nerve is this. No, she's a go- captain. She's a yeah. captain. Right. Yeah. And then she gets, she gets promoted to major. Um, I forget, I forgot which way around it was. She's a captain at nerve. Um, which is this, like, vaguely paramilitary organization within the Japanese government, or possibly within the United Nations. I don't, I don't know which. Who cares? Um, who cares? Um, and they are dedicated to fighting the angels, which are these fucking kaiju that were created as a result of the second impact and constantly besieged Tokyo 3 in an attempt to get at whatever is deep in the sub-sub-sub-basement of Nerve Headquarters. Right. Which is this enormous underground cavern uh, with a pyramid inside of it called the Geofront. Uh, It looks dope, and that's all that matters. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So, yeah. So, so they need Shinji. So, Shinji is the son of Gendo Ikari, who is... Uh, I almost said, who is his dad? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, who is the director of Nerve. And so he's in charge of everything there, and he's in charge of their main project, which is these giant robots called Evangelion. And they have one already, which is Unit Zero, or Unit Double Zero, um, and which is piloted by the first child, Rei Ayanami, who we meet uh, because Shinji is basically summoned because he's the only one who can pilot the second robot that they built, Unit 01. Uh, and so they need him to pilot it because Ray was injured in a previous incident involving Unit Unit Double Zero. And we so, get any attempt at justifying why Shinji is the only one who can pilot Zero One? Uh, yeah, because the robot is powered by the soul of his dead mother. Aren't they all... Well, they're all powered by the soul of their own dead mothers. So, uh, wait, Asuka's but, is powered by her dead mom's wait, soul. Oh, I did not get that. Yes. Uh, okay. Um, but Ray doesn't... I, I mean, think Ray's might be powered by her own soul. Okay, because she, yeah, she, she, uh, she ends up I'm being not some sure. weird sort of, like... Yeah, she's de- a clone. Derived clone of Shinji's mother. Yeah. Um... But that's why, but the main reason why they need Chinji is because they don't have Asuka yet, and Rei is too injured to actually pilot Eva. Yeah. Um, so Shinji is basically shows up and is like, this is what you called me here for? To pilot yeah. a giant robot to fight a kaiju, even though I'm 14? And has, he, like, he hasn't talked to his dad in like three years, yeah. and like, yeah. 
hates him. His dad, and his dad yeah. pulls him up. It's like, get in the robot, Shinji. Yeah, and his dad, and he's just like, this is why you called me here? And he's just like, well, I called you here because I needed you. Yeah, so uh, his dad is a, is a sociopathic motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, um, so, so the Eva is the only thing that can defeat the angels because... Uh, of sort of the show's central metaphor, which is the AT field, um, and the AT field stand AT stands for it's the absolute terror field. Oh, that's uh, what and, it stands for. Yes, <laughs> uh, and the idea behind the AT field is that it is like p- creatures with souls are afraid of being hurt, and that's what keeps them from truly connecting with other people. Um, and also it means that only a big robot with a soul can fuck up this kaiju. <laughs> another big robot with a soul. <laughs> yeah, another, well, the kaiju aren't robots, they just have souls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. um so Shinji gets in the, gets in the robot after Ray, they like wheel Ray out on a stretcher and are just like, well, Ray, you're going to have to pilot Ava and Ray is just like, this might as well happen. Um... <laughs> Um, and and Shinji feels really really bad for making this like gravely injured girl uh, pilot a giant robot because he he's too much of a coward. Uh, so he gets in the robot and immediately gets his ass beat. Um, <laughs> and then his robot goes uh, Unit One goes berserk and murders the the angel in just a fucking extremely cool sequence. And that sort of happens in episode two. So like in, at the end of episode one. Shinji gets his ass beaten, passes out, and we don't know what happens other than that the angel is defeated. And right. then at the end of episode two, we get the flashback to what happened when after Shinji passed out and his robot took control. Mm-hmm. But the beginning of episode two is sort of the beginning of like the slice of life stuff that makes up part of this show, which is that Shinji moves in with Masato in her apartment. Uh, and Masato's great. <laughs> so, yeah, so Masato, Masato kind of sees herself in Shinji because they both hate their fathers. <laughs> Yeah. And, and so she she doesn't think he should live alone, so she uh takes him in and then yeah. we get lots of um awkward fan servicey situations cuz Masato's hot. Yeah, Masato's hot and she drinks all the time. Uh and she's very bad at cooking and she's great. I love Masato so much. Oh yeah, she's great. Um So yeah, and then the other the other character that they live with is probably the weirdest part of the show, which is Pen Pen, who is a penguin. Yep, there's a penguin. He's a penguin. He's, you know, one of the hot spring penguins. Hot uh, spring penguins? I don't... I wrote in my notes, oh, you know, one of those new hot spring penguins. Uh, and I don't know why I wrote that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I think, I think that's something that they said. When they were talking about Pen Pen. But yeah, Pen Pen is the most inexplicable thing about this show. I mean, like, why does he tend to have, like, a little monkey running around? Like, shows in the yeah. 90s had weird animal familiars. Yeah, it's just like a weird animal creature. But they never they never even remotely bother to try to justify why he's there, why his name is Pen Pen, why he's a penguin. <laughs> um, why on all of his stuff, instead of saying Pen Pen, it says Pen Squared, which is really... <laughs> Really good. Um, oh god yeah and he just like lives in like a cupboard in the apartment and like is around just for like comic relief moments mm-hmm. i don't there's also a bit in episode two uh that where there were shinji like 
because when they meet Pen Pen, Shinji, like, he's going into the shower, and he finds Pen Pen in there, and he freaks out, and he runs out nude. Oh, yeah. Uh, and there's some good, there's some good com- comedy bit where he's, like, standing, it's the just the fucking Austin Powers bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, where Shinji is like, is, like, standing, and there's just, like, a jar covering his dick, and then Masato, or, like, a beer can covering his dick, and then Masato picks up the beer can and takes a drink out of it, and behind it is another jar, and then the copy <laughs> that I was watching... Uh, there was a helpful translator's note on the jar that indicated that it was a jar of toothpicks. Um, so I know that the joke is very much that Shinji has a tiny dick. Fuck. Fucking hell. Uh, so yeah, I, I, this is also a good time perhaps to mention that neither of us watched the Netflix version. We, we are releasing right. this episode sort of roughly to coincide with the release of the Netflix version. And we should maybe talk about that at the end, because I, I imagine both of us have heard about the changes that happened. The, in the discourse. Netflix, the discourse about the Netflix version. Um, yeah. So we'll talk about that later, but neither of us watched that. I watched uh, the DVD release that happened in like the mid-2000s. Um, I don't know what you watched. I watched the best version i could get on the torrent site yeah you know, I, it was mine, probably the same as mine i watched the subtitles i don't know if you watched dubbed or i watched the subtitles so like, i so uh, i did I, so i didn't get the line where he goes i'm so fucked up <laughs> no that happens is, in end of ava oh that's the first scene in end of ava because i didn't get the dub uh no i promise you <laughs> uh, thank god yeah um but yeah, you were talking about how how like nothing in this show, nothing happens in the show until episode eighteen. But right. the thing that struck me when it, on, on a rewatch is just how much, or how much of the tone of this show is evident even from the early episodes. Like how much this show is itself until then. Like the fact that I had forgotten a lot of what happens in like the the first sixteen or so episodes is an indication that, like, not much of it is consequential. But I think a lot of it is good. Like, it's entertaining. Oh, it's, yeah. It, I mean, it's a, it's a perfectly, like, serviceable mech yeah. show. And it's, and it's, and, and like you say, the tone, it's definitely darker than most. And, yeah. But, uh, I was bored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, it's, it's, if you're not the kind of person who just likes to watch mech shows shit, which I am, like, I like that stuff. Um, I can imagine it being quite boring, apart from, like, the robots are really cool, and they have a weird design, and then there's this sort of bleak tone. Like, already by episode three, they're, like, talking about, like, Schopenhauer's hedgehog's dilemma. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, now um, I know how you (laughs) felt watching noir. Yeah, so, like, episode three is where we start, is where Shinji goes to school, um, and meets, um... The bros. Meets the bros. Uh, God, what are their names? Suzuhara and... What's the other guy? Hell, uh, I know. I, I feel bad about forgetting their names because I love them. I love them so much. <laughs> they're great. They're so good. <laughs> so so one's a nerd, one's a jock, and they're friends. Yeah. And... and they're friends. And the jock decides, uh, because Shinji, like, in the first fight that he has in the Ava, like, sh- sh- uh, Suzuhara's sister gets hurt, and so Suzuhara feels the need to beat the shit out of Shinji. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then feels bad about it later because there's a <laughs> there's a scene where, there's a, a very good bit where uh, Shinji's fighting a different angel um, and Suzuhara and, god, what is his fucking name? I wrote it in these notes somewhere. What's Wikipedia? Or the Ava Wiki. Whatever the hell that one is. Kensuke! 
Kensuke and Suzuhara. So, like, Kensuke, like, the, he's a nerd, and the, his thing is that he constantly carries a video camera around with him. Oh, yeah. Um, and so he really wants to get video of the Avas because he's a huge fucking mecha dork. Um, he, he's the otakus that Eno hated yeah. so much. Yeah, he's the otaku. Um, <laughs> and so he convinces Suzuhara to leave the sort of, like, underground shelter that they're in during the, the angel fight that they've been evacuated to and go out and try to get a glimpse of the the Avas, and they do so, um, but while Shinji's getting his ass beat, um, again, again, uh, he sees, like, he basically has to retreat and sees these two kids, um, and has to, and, like, takes them into the entry plug of the, the Ava. Um, just call it a cockpit! Just call it a cockpit, it's called an entry <laughs> plug, motherfucker. Uh, they say it so many times... So, so it takes them in there and rescues them, and then Suzuhara feels bad about it. And so later, Shinji decides after that fight. I can't remember. Let me look, let me bring up the plot summary as well. List of Evangelion, not list of Evansville attorneys. <laughs> list of Ace Attorney characters. So yeah. So so yeah. So that's what happens in episode three. Is that um, another angel? Uh, appears and then Shinji rescues Suzuhara and and Kensuke from being being crushed by either the Ava or the Angel. Right. And and then Suzuhara realizes like like the sort of stress that piloting Ava is is under, and that's the one with like the and the, that Angel is the the one with like the big the first one with the weird squiggly arms, and not the second one with the weird squiggly arms that comes up later. <laughs> Uh, this is the first Shinji scream, yeah. right? Uh, yeah, this is the one where he like loses his shit because he's told to because he because one detail that I really really like about the Avas is that they have to be plugged in, mm-hmm. um, which leads to a lot of good dramatic moments when they become unplugged um, or or like the plug gets pulled out for for whatever reason. Um, and so Shinji like get the Ava gets unplugged and he's stabbing the shit out of out of this robot with Kensuke and Suzuhara in the in the entry plug, and they see him just, like, going fucking nuts, stabbing this robot, while uh, Masato yells at him to not do that, uh, because he needs <laughs> to get plugged back in. All right. So, yeah, so the rest of the early episodes, there's a ton of stuff, like, we could go through and talk about every single episode, and God knows I would love to. Um, <laughs> but there are, a, a lot of them are sort of, are sort of standard mecha stuff, Monster of the week sort of deal. Yeah, monster of the week sort of deal is 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 uh, a monster is introduced, and then by the end of the episode, it's been taken out. Um, there is there are a few that I want to talk about. Um, episodes five and six, which is where my favorite angel, eh, it, it tied for my favorite angel with the one with the weird four dimensional one. Um, but Ramiel, who's the big octahedron with a drill, um. Uh, it's just, I, I love that angel. It's just a terrifying, faceless, platonic solid that hates human life. And there's something very compelling about that. Um, and you get a really cool, there's a cool fight with them that, like, like, the first two angels, uh, that you see in the show are very much, like, sort of classic mecha stuff where like Shinji is just doing like punching them 
um, and shooting them and stuff like that. Whereas Romeo is the first one where, and this sort of sets a tone for the later angels where like, there's some sort of weird twist that means that they have to come up with some new way to tackle them. And so Romeo, it's weird twist is one that it's just got a drill on it. It's going to drill all the way down into nerve headquarters. Yeah. Um, and that if it sees you, it will fire a huge laser at you and destroy you. Uh, so you can't engage it in head to head in hand to hand combat. Uh, so instead, what they decide to do is they decide to use all of the power of Tokyo to power a giant laser sniper rifle and shoot it, <laughs> um, which is just fucking dope. <laughs> uh, it's just it's fucking sick as hell. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. So then uh, we also get we also get the very good episode with Jet alone. Uh, which is that giant robot with the noodly arms that the military decides to build to as an alternative to the Evangelians, and it immediately goes nuts. Oh right! Um, poor, poor Jet, time ass motherfucker. Yes, poor Jet alone. No, uh, <laughs> uh, which is another very monster of the weeky episode, and then we get Asuka, and then Asuka shows up. Asuka. Uh, As- how do you do? You, how do you feel about Asuka? Asuka's great. Asuka's great. Asuka is fantastic. Um, so the first episode where Asuka appears in, uh, we also meet Kaji, who sucks. Who sucks. Kaji sucks. Fuck Kaji. Kaji. sucks. Um, but yeah, so they meet up on, like, a, on the big, like, aircraft carrier fleet that's transporting Unit 02, which is Asuka's Eva. Um, and of course an angel attacks them, and they have to, they have to get vored by the angel. Hee <laughs> hee. I wrote Evorgelion in my notes. Oh, holy shit. He nailed it. <laughs> fucking, most... <laughs> fucking dunk. That's the fucking most... Slam dunk. The most, the most biting dunk I've ever experienced on myself. <laughs> uh, but the really great, the really great f- episode with Asuka that's in like the first t- half of the show is the one immediately after that, uh, which is where there's a an angel... That when they try to attack, it splits in half, uh, um, and then Shinji and Asuka have to perfectly time their attacks. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> yes, all so, their synchronization practice. Yes. So, so the thing about Asuka is that Asuka's like Shinji is a very sort of. Uh, they're, they're both insecure, but it manifests. They're both insecure. Like they both have the in same insecurity, ways. which is that they rely entirely on the approval of others for their yeah. self worth. Yeah. But Shinji directs all of his like hatred inwards, and every time he fucks up, he understands that it's his fault, um, or or interprets it as being his fault, or anytime anything fucks up, he interprets it as being his fault. Uh, and he's very quiet, and is sort of very like uh, capitulating. Um, not as capitulating as Rei, who is infinitely capitulating. Right. Um, but Shinji is, is more so. Whereas Asuka, nothing is ever her fault. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she, or, or she internally thinks of everything as her fault, but externally very much projects that she, that she does not think anything is her fault. And so she's really mad at Shinji, uh, who she thinks is a worse, it was a worse Ava pilot than her, because Shinji only recently learned how to pilot Ava, and she's been piloting it since she was a kid. There's also, I forgot to mention in the, in the, the first Asuka episode, there's a very good bit where, uh, they get into, into unit, uh, 02's entry plug together, and then, uh, Asuka's, ro- the Asuka's Ava is set to German, cause she's from Germany, uh, and then, <laughs> and then Asuka demands insanely that Shinji think in German. <laughs> 
oh, that, that's the one where Shinji has, has to wear the girl suit, and we all turn Yes, trans. Shinji has to wear the girl suit, yes. Um, uh, no one DM'd me for my piece on becoming You're trans. You're not existed piece. Yeah. <laughs> well, because I got no, no anonymous sources to explain their <laughs> development through seeing Shinji in a girl suit. Um, also, that episode, the first episode with, with Asuka, and it has this... Because, like... The the ending song to this show is "Fly Me to the is is Fly Me to the Moon" and it's a bunch of different karaoke style covers of "Fly Me to the Moon." Yeah. Um. And they do they're all pretty similar, but like there are some of them like the one at the end of episode eight is just like this weird like house version of it. Like it's like Daft Punk's "Fly Me to the Moon." <laughs> it's so strange. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah. So in 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 episode nine. Uh, we, we get some good, some good early interactions between Rey and Asuka. This is great bit. The first time that Asuka tries to talk to Rey, she like walks up to, Asuka walks up to Rey and Rey is like sitting on a bench reading a book and Asuka just like stands there and then Rey, without saying anything, just moves the book out of, out of Asuka's shadow and into the sun and just keeps reading. It's very, it's very Diogenes, uh, talking to Alexander the Great kind of energy. (laughs) Uh, in that scene. Um, and it sets the tone for a lot of Rey and Asuka's interactions, which is Asuka projecting her sort of internal distaste for herself onto Rey, because Rey is largely emotionless. Yeah. Um, or externally emotionless. She, she doesn't really express very much emotion, so Asuka just sort of gets very angry at Rey all the time, and Rey never does anything. Um, <laughs> Rey never reacts in any way, shape, or form, so it's entirely just just projecting a sort of, just sort of whatever emotion she wishes somebody were feeling towards her onto Rey. But yeah, so so Shinji, Shinji wears, also, in addition to Shinji wearing a girl suit in episode 8, Shinji wears a crop top in episode 9. Yeah, I posted yeah. that one too. Yeah. yeah, Shinji wears a crop top, and they, they do all these, like, wild like, dance steps together. They have this, like, crazy, like, custom built... I don't... Like, this is never explained, and I, I'm glad it's not, because it's nuts. Oh, like um, the, the weird twister? But, like, weird twister thing? board. Just, <laughs> the weird twister board. It's, like, it looks like like a cheap, like, plug-and-play TV game, um, but it's designed to, like, help them synchronize their movements so that they can defeat the angel. <laughs> um... Oh, it's so silly. It's so fucking silly. It's so good. It's, yeah, it's great. Um, and then the episode after that, episode 10, Magma Diver, is, is sort of like the beginning of, of a bit of a tone shift. Um, where, uh, Asuka has to go and, and like dive under a bunch of, oh, uh, under, into like a volcano to like capture an angel and they have to fight the angel in the lava. And it's 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 a good it's a pretty good episode, but again, it's not notable outside of its like contained context, I guess. Um, yeah. Episode eleven, you made fun of this episode in the Discord. This is the hack. Uh, no, episode eleven isn't the hacking. Isn't the hacking episode? Episode eleven is episode eleven is one of my favorite episodes. It's the one where where uh, Nerve loses power. Um. And so uh, there's a, a couple really great... where Nerve loses power. Is yeah, but this is like the the one where it's the whole episode. It's um, and there's there's a really great um, 
there's a really great shot of of Gendo just like sitting doing his like fucking like fingers in front of his face thing, but like there's a bunch of like candles in front of him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's great. It's just it's it's the per it's a, a fantastic mood for him. And and like they're like standing in like buckets to keep cool. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because it cuts to Gendo because it's like oh he's not reacting to the heat very much, and then it cuts to him, and it looks like it, and then it cuts to his feet, and his feet are in a bucket. <laughs> Um, oh yeah the other thing that happens in the episode where where they have to synchronize their movements um or no no the episode after that magma diver uh is like uh asuka is making plans to like go on a school a class trip with the rest of her class but she's told that she has to stay behind yeah and there's a great conversation at the beginning where where asuka like talk mentions it to misato misato's like no 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 you can't go uh, and Asuka's like, wait, Shinji, you've already given up? And Shinji just, like, <laughs> smiles and nods sagely. <laughs> of course I've already given up. And then Asuka's like, nothing's more useless than a housebroken male. And Shinji says, please don't talk about me like that. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I just, I just love it's like the bit. It's one of the biggest moods in the whole show. Is just Shinji, just like when asked if he's given up, he's just like, "Yep." <laughs> I've always, I've always given up. But yeah, um, the episode where all the power goes out is really great because you get um, like the kids sort of acting independently of like orders from adults because they mm. show up to nerve after school and like power's already out. Yeah, um, and you get another one of the great. Like another instance of one of the sort of great metaphors I really like about the show, which is like the idea of of nerve headquarters itself as a metaphor for your own like for introspection and for for like the unconscious, I guess. Uh-huh. Because like one of the first things that happens in this show is that Masato and Shinji get lost in nerve headquarters. Oh um, right, right, right. Yeah, and then you also see that in Eleven people get lost in nerve all the time in this show. Like it, it's sort of a it's almost a running gag of people not knowing where shit is. Um, which which winds up sort of sort of reflecting a lot of the sort of confusing introspective journeys characters go on in the sort of this, in the second half. Yeah. So how, wait, how does the how's the power out play into that? Well, because uh, the kids wind up, they show up at Nerve and they yeah. can't get in the front entrance, so they have yeah. to like wander around like all these like weird access tunnels. And they use the vents. And they use the vents, and Oscar complains that it's so uncool because she's never seen Die Hard. <laughs> um, wait, but how does that how does that tie into Nerve being the unconscious? It's it, the idea of nerve as this sort of deep underground and un, unknowable and like very mysterious and and pl- place that it's very easy to get lost in. Yeah. Um, like connecting directly to depictions of of characters' own introspective journeys later on as being sort of confusing and okay, and, but and, but, yeah. but them them going through the vents isn't isn't. It's not a direct. I mean, it is part of it in the sense that they keep, like, wandering around through, like, there's a really great moment where uh, they, they like, come to a crossroads and Ray's like, I think it this, it's this way. And, it's, and Asuka's like, I'm the leader and goes the other way. And they walk <laughs> they walk uphill for quite a long time and they bust open a door. And then they're just, like, they're back on the surface. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and immediately see the angel and lose their shit and just slam the door shut. <laughs> um, it's very good. Um... But yeah, like 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 this show, in addition to the sort of very obvious sort of surface level sort of visual 
uses of like christian mythology and symbology there's also especially in episode titles but also in the way that the show conceptualizes its characters a heavy injection of like freudian and jungian psychology um <laughs> except and, except where's young freud in this show where's young freud <laughs> gunbuster was the true Freudian. God. What if Asuka showed up and her name was Young Freud? Asuka's <laughs> <laughs> name was Young Freud. We, we, need to, we need to do a corrected fan sub. Yeah, uh, where her name is just Young Freud. So um, if, if you haven't watched episode, listen to episode one of this uh, fine podcast. Yes. We did Gunbuster, which was which, uh, another a predecessor to this show, and okay. and has and there are some notable. Um, parallels or at least concepts taken from that from yes. that show uh yes like the main uh, character who's a girl in that show also is a little child pilot who suffers from issues of yeah. self-worth yeah she has a lot of the same issues as shinji does but she has them less bad and basically gets over them in episode three um yeah episode three of gunbuster is one of the most like <laughs> efficient <laughs> Yo, yeah, it's very, <laughs> a very efficient character arc. Uh, too too uh, much so, but... Yeah, too much so. Um, but yeah, and then... Um, so, then we get episode 12, where Masato is sort of... Because uh, Gendo and his, his right-hand man are off in the South Pole, um, they get this giant... A, a giant angel appears in the orbit of the Earth. Mm-hmm. The first time that happens. Um, and Masato is in charge... Um, and we get, a, like, a tiny bit of insight, like, the first little bit of insight into, into sort of Masato's psychological problems. Like, we've seen some of them earlier, and she's talked about them earlier, but, yeah. like, this is the first place that we see, like, the, the, one of my favorite things about this show is the sort of, every episode has two titles, they all have a Japanese title, and then an English title, and all the English titles were also chosen by Gainax. Mm-hmm. Um, and the episode, the, the English title for episode 12 is she said, don't make others suffer for your personal hatred. Right. Um, which I, th- is, is a really excellent, like, summation of the themes of that episode of Masato just being, uh, not, not, not considering or caring about the lives or opinions of other people. Uh, which is a thing that she does often when she's given control, is yeah. is sort of taking advantage of her of her position of power to disregard anybody who disagrees with her. Which is which is something she always gives uh, Ritsuko shit for. Yes, it's something uh, she always gives Ritsuko shit for. It's something that like Gendo gets shit for from basically everybody. Yeah, um, it's something that I think pretty much all of the adults struggle with. Um, yeah, I mean, and, in this and, show. And also yeah, in real life, <laughs> I, th- I th- like the the what I the part of the show I found most compelling was um, end of eighteen, beginning of nineteen, where yes, uh, Shinji that quits again, great. and basically all the all the adults kind of turn their back on him, yeah, uh, including Misato, yeah, uh, for the f- uh, for like the first time. But anyway, yeah, and, let's let's back up to yeah. um, her arc. Uh, Yes, and then so yeah, so, so, so we get so remind, remind me what like what happened to her parents. Uh, I her so her, her dad, dad died in the second impact. Her right? dad died in the second impact, and I think her mom also died in the second impact. And, but her mom might have died also died earlier, and she, I don't know what happened to her I, mom. So does she blame her dad for her mom's death, 
or does she just resent her dad for like a kind of like I think she resents her dad because her dad was also like in charge of the expedition to the South Pole and okay. so she might also resent her dad for I don't know destroying the world yeah maybe because um, that's another big theme of this show destroying is, the we, world it's destroy, <laughs> destroying the world but also like like and it, it's it's in a sense very prescient but also like we were already having conversations like this by the 90s about like children having to deal with the mistakes of their parents uh-huh yeah. Um, and, and like the second impact, it's very tempting in our current, in our current nightmare to read the second impact as a metaphor for climate change. Yeah. Um, because there uh, was climate change after the second impact. Like, yes, they're talking about like, how yeah, a, yeah. the summer lasted for like a full year. Yeah. Things yeah, get noticeably center. hotter after the second impact and, and, yeah. uh, it's almost like the globe warms. What? Or something like that. Um. And so, like, and then it's not up to the people who caused that problem to solve it because they're all dead as a result of the problem. Yeah, um, yeah. It's a, it's a, mo- largely up to, and also, you know, a lot of the problem gets solved through the use of the Avas, and none of the adults are capable of piloting the Avas. So it's 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 just okay. Now all of these adults don't really know what they're doing, but they're going to pretend like they know what they're doing, and they're but they're going to. Put the enti- shoulder the entire burden of actually dealing with this problem that they created onto us. Yeah, and then episode thirteen. You, this was the one that you made fun of in the Discord. This is the hacking episode. Uh, uh what did I say? Um, <laughs> uh, you. I don't remember what you said. You said it was goofy. You said it was wacky. Uh, yeah, and it well, is. Yeah. Um, but but episode thirteen is a very good hacking episode. It's a, a Ritsuko centered episode, and Ritsuko's great. Um, so I'm always, I'm always happy with that. Uh, it's full of, of fantastic techno babble. Like they keep talking about the 87th protein wall and it's like, ah, yes, the 87th protein oh God, wall. Yeah. We haven't really talked about Ritsuko, have we? So she's like yes. the chief scientist at yes. NERV. Uh, yeah. for, and before that, her mother was the chief scientist. Yes. Her mother designed yeah. these three computers called the Magi, another, another Christian mythology reference, Woo! which are named, uh, Melchior, Casper, and Balthazar after the three wise men who traditionally visited Jesus. Um, although in doing research about the Magi, because like I knew vaguely of the Magi, but I didn't know a ton about them, I found out that the number of Magi is at no point specified in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only book of the Bible that mentions the Magi is the book of Matthew. And and in like Western Catholic-descended Christianity, uh, we we typically assume three magi, but in Orthodox Christianity, they're like I don't know, there were twenty of them. <laughs> um, How many you need, you know? Yeah, because and the reason three magi are assumed is usually because three gifts are mentioned: gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so so there's these three magi, which are these computers that like run the government of Tokyo Three, um, and they get hacked by an angel who is also a computer virus. Right. Um. And you get a lot of, of sort of sort of insight into to Ritsuko and her relationship to her mother, um, and, and her relationship to her past. Because like Ritsuko's mom dies, uh, quite a bit in the past relative to where the show takes place, um, and so Ritsuko is sort of left taking care of of the Magi, which are these biological computers that that her mom created, um, and sort of another another instance of dealing with like, the consequences of, of the actions of your parents. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, and so, so yeah, the episode, like, episode 13 is just great. It's a good, it's a good time. It's just a fun, it's just a fun hacking adventure. 
Um, so yeah, and then we get to episode 14, where the first half of episode 14 is like a clip show thing, where it just summarizes the first half of the show. Oh, right. That was um, weird. It was weird, but it also, I, I, I do think it makes sense, because it's, it's the halfway point um, of, of, of the series. Right. Um, and... My show takes a pretty serious turn after this one. Um, like, if, if that sort of monster of the week uh, kind of stuff doesn't appeal to you very much, you could just start watching from episode 14. That's true. Uh, yeah. yeah, you could just stop, start doing that, because it catches you up in the first half. Right, uh, right. Uh, so, yeah, it also contains the... Uh, the wonderful sentence. I don't remember. I think it's somebody from Seal who says this, but they say the time schedule is advancing as described by the Dead Sea Scrolls. Oh my god, the fucking Dead Sea Scrolls! <laughs> it's so Jesus good. Christ. It's so good. It's such so, tremendous trash. It's in wonderful. real life, the Dead Sea Scrolls are like apocryphal biblical chapters, right? They're, I don't think they're apocryphal. They're so at the time. One thing that I learned also in my research for this is that at the time that Abel was written. The Dead Sea Scrolls were classified, and nobody knew it was in them. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, and so it was very easy to imagine uh, their contents. Now we know that they're basically just some of the oldest examples we have of works that later wound up as books in the Hebrew Bible. Okay. Um, uh, and you you mentioned Seal. That is like the Illuminati's yes. ass yes. group of wise men um, who basically run the show. Yeah, there's like a bunch of them. They're they're like different colored dudes in the beginning, um, and then as <laughs> well, they run out of money, it's yeah. just different lighting. Yeah. No, like I mean, yeah, they're diff- differently lit. Like they're hol- I think they're all holograms of different colors. Um, but then as they run out of money, they become big black rectangles <laughs> um, because that's easier to draw. Audio <laughs> like only. A- yeah, audio it's, only. It says on that uh, little I like avatars. <laughs> Yeah, I should have, I, I, as I'm going through my notes, I, I realized that I probably should have given myself more context, because at some point in episode 14, I wrote, ma'am, this is an Arby's. Uh, <laughs> and I don't know why. Yeah, I, I, my old notes from previous episodes, I would have, like, timestamps and shit. I've given, yeah, I probably should have done up that. On that. Um, but yeah, they, so episode 14, in the second half of episode 14, we get our first sort of attempt for the kids to pilot Ava's that aren't theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ray is able to pilot Unit 01, Shinji's Ava, but Shinji tries to pilot Ray's Ava, and Ray's Ava, as it is what to do, goes apeshit um, <laughs> and hurts Shinji. The and, th- and this is another, like, sort of highlights the metaphor that the Ava's are, which is like, like, the... Ava's represent. I mean, the Ava's and the 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 Ava's and the angels f- represent like adult problems and like adult responsibilities that you necessarily have to confront. And I think like the metaphor of the of like Ava's rejecting their pilots is like the idea that like nobody else can live your life for you. Uh-huh. You know. Um, well then, is then what? How then? Ray can pilot Shinji's because Ray can pilot Shinji's because Ray is nobody. Okay, Ray is Ray is the nowhere man. Right, uh, but it, I I do think it is partly that like like 
Ray, Ray pilot Chinjis, but Ray is also like uncomfortable piloting Chinjis. Like they're like, how does it feel to be piloting unit unit zero one for the first time? And she's just like, it feels weird, and I don't like it. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. She's like, it smells like Shinji. Yeah, it smells like Shinji. Um, Asuka's like, what? Yeah. Um. So yeah, and then we get uh episode fifteen where we get some stuff with Kaji where he's like investigating investigating nerve oh yeah so kaji it, it turns out to be like a double agent yes um so he so he works for nerve and also who uh he also works for the japanese government okay uh, uh, and so he, and, and so at one point uh so he and masato are exes they were together in college and then yeah masato broke up with him because he reminded her too much of her dad and it freaked her out um, yeah and also because kaji sucks also, because Kaji sucks, but God, but I mean, Kaji. obviously, but when he gets on back on the scene, she realizes she still likes him, and it's and it's tedious and obnoxious. But <laughs> uh, yeah, she real she realizes that he's a double agent, and, and and then she and then that leads her to realize that there are a lot of things about Nerve that she doesn't know that only yes. Ritsuko and Gendo knows, yes. and so she kind of use pumps Kaji for information. Yes. And and, and, st- and, and starts and starts her this is where her kind of antagonism with Ritsuko kind of heats yes. up because she realizes that Ritsuko isn't open with her about what's really going on and starts slapping her every other episode. Yes. There's they use the it's it winds up being it like starts off being kind of weird and winds up being poignant in a way that I can't quite place that every single time somebody slaps anybody else they use the exact same slap fully. Um, really? that has just like a, that it's what it sounds to me like it is uh-huh. um because it, it's the same slap and it always has like a ton of like really ominous dark reverb on it <laughs> um and it like winds up tying it together in a way that that is weird huh. uh but uh, appealing to me yeah. um so yeah so uh what kaji shows basically misato agrees to not tell anybody that kaji is a double agent and kaji then shows misato what he calls adam um which he believes to be the first angel which is like in like the sub 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 basement so yeah yeah, at the very bottom uh, nailed to a cross nailed to a cross with the lance of longinus is the corpse of an angel yes Uh, so there's a minor parallel here with gunbuster where in the second episode uh, the girls are like doing a doing a drill, and then end up getting getting lost inside the space station and finding the corpse of an alien. Yeah, um, but in Gunbuster, it doesn't go anywhere, right? <laughs> that's, why I said, that's why I said there's a minor parallel. Yeah, because there, yeah, Gunbuster is only six episodes. It has a lot of kind of a lot of little things that are never really, really fleshed out. Um, yeah. So so we find Adam uh, with the the lance of Longinius. Or, yes, uh, the, lance or Longinus. So the, lan- the lance of Longinus is a is the spear that poked Jesus in the side uh, oh, when he was on the cross. Right, 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 right. Uh, it, it sort of builds into this sort of overarching like religious like Christian undertones that the series has that never quite pay off. They don't really no. go anywhere. They're well, because no, nothing because nothing does because the last two, two episodes shut the door on any, like, macro plot and just focus on interiority. Yeah. And a lot of that stuff winds up getting resolved in, in End of Ava. Okay. Um, 
So yeah, so then we get we get episode sixteen. Uh or no wait, the other thing that happens in episode fifteen uh is uh Shinji and Asuka are just like sitting around the house because Kaji and, and Misato are, are off doing something else and they have nothing better to do. Well Asuka go uh, on a date. Asuka, um, yes, Asuka agrees to go on a date with this, I was getting to this. Um, <laughs> Asuka agrees to go on a date with uh with, because a friend of hers asks asks to asks her to to go on a date with some guy right um and then oscar walks back into the apartment and he's like oh back so soon or something like that and oscar says he was just so boring so he was waiting in line for the roller coaster i left <laughs> so good oh, oscar's the fucking best yeah so uh, so she so then then they're sitting around bored out of their minds and us and oscar is like hey shinji want to kiss right and Shinji's like, uh, uh, uh and then Asuka uh, uh, goes to kiss him, and <laughs> and then it's like, don't breathe, it tickles, and then holds his nose, and then they kiss, and then Shinji almost dies. And yeah, then, like Asuka, Asuka does not a kiss either, so she just holds her lips over him for like thirty seconds, and he gets bluer and bluer. Yeah, he, and, and Pen Pen just like walks out, looks at this, and is just like. <laughs> walks into his cupboard. <laughs> God. Oh. Uh. All right, and then we get episode sixteen, and this is where the um the like tone. This is like a extremely hard break in terms of tone and in terms of like what much most of the episode is spent dealing with um so the the japanese title of this episode is a reference to kierkegaard's the sickness unto death uh i don't know what the the english title of it is a reference to uh but this is my favorite this is my favorite angel uh or kaid with ramiel because they're both just sort of ominous solids (laughs) um wait so which one is this leliel is the giant weird sphere um, weird. Oh yeah, the weird sphere. Yes. So there's this big sphere that just shows up like suddenly. It doesn't like move in. It just appears over Tokyo Three. It's this like black and white sphere, and um, Shinji and they all they all move into attack. But Shinji and Shinji goes ahead and tries to attack in advance. But then as soon as he shoots it, the sphere disappears and a big shadow appears underneath <laughs> underneath him, and he gets engulfed into the earth. And they talk about. Uh, this is going to be another fun, another fun tangent that I get to go on is about, uh, they talk about the Sea of Dirac. Oh, God, uh, right. Uh, and so the thing about the Sea of Dirac or the Dirac Sea is that it's, it's an actual thing. Uh-huh. Um, so Paul Dirac was a, a physicist. He was instrumental in sort of the, the early days of quantum mechanics uh-huh. Um, and he came up with this thing called the Dirac equation, which is an extension of the Schrodinger equation. Um, okay. Schrodinger being the guy with the cat. I know. Uh, I know. I was explaining for our audience. Oh, well, the, the guy with the cat. Like, every fucking mathematician has a goddamn cat. <laughs> the, I know. The, it was, it's, it's the thing about observability where until something is observed, because observability is, is linked with something state yes. and so until it's observed you don't know which state it's in blah 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 yeah and um, okay so i see so i yeah. see how this connects to shinji becoming disembodied later go ahead yes and so so yeah so the, the dirac sea 
is actually basically he was trying to uh, Paul Dirac was trying to figure out why his equation wasn't working for electrons. And he came up with this idea that like what if you had like an infinite plane, like an infinite uh, like plane of electrons, and then like infinitely many electrons like below that in energy level, and the ones at the top were the ones that we could see as electrons, and everything below that was invisible, and that was the Dirac sea. And then he would imagine that like, oh, you can also solve these equations if they're like if there's a hole in the sea and there's nothing there, then it would behave like exactly like an electron, but it has positive charge. And this was the oh. first time that anybody had ever predicted the positron. Oh. Um, and it, the Dirac C is not a real thing, but it was this very early sort of, like, attempt at what would later eventually become quantum field theory. Uh-huh. Uh, so, tangent, nothing to do with the show, because obviously they don't care about any of that. Uh, <laughs> they don't give a shit about what the Dirac C is. Um, it's it's I the care. soup that Shinji gets yes, so boiled he, in. So, yeah, so, so while they're trying to figure out how uh, to take down this this weird sphere... Um, Shinji is, like, trapped inside of it in the Dirac Sea. Um, just, like, chilling in Unit 01 and goes on, like, a weird introspective journey. Um, <laughs> where he, he s- starts to sort of crack at what is wrong with him and why he's so miserable. And that's another thing that I really like about the show is that, like, every character sort of thinks about this stuff multiple times and, like, has sort of multiple conversations with themselves about, like, what their problem is. And it's not until the end, which is very, I think, is very true to my experiences dealing with brain problems, is, like, you start, like, introspection, you do it, over and over and over again, you wind up talking to yourself about the same things over and over and over again, but it never quite sticks. Yeah. Um, of, of just, like, uh, of, so, like, this is the, the first time when, when Shinji starts to talk about um, other people's perception of him, because his own, his his idea of himself is very much tied up in, in his perception of other people. Uh, so, so, while he's in there, he starts thinking about um so like he he's talking to like his own unconscious or something like that um and or to his mother because yeah well because initially he's talking to his own voice okay um and then oh and this, his, is, his, this is when he's in the train wait when he's yeah imagining... when he's at, when, yeah when he's imagining he's so on the train. yeah a lot a lot of his introspective episodes he's imagining himself on a train with like a child version of himself yes um, um and like a weird fisheye lens shot of himself yeah with a big head uh, um, yeah. Um, and I think part of that train thing is that for Shinji, the train represents running away, you know, like mm. that's the thing that Shinji says over and over again to himself. And that's the thing that, that Anno was, became sort of obsessed with in leading up to the production of Eva was the idea of not running away from things, the idea of, of, of running away from things and of not running away from things because for Shinji, running away is represented by a train because he has to take a train to leave Tokyo 3. And uh-huh. in the very early episodes when he decides, I don't want to pilot Ava anymore, I guess he'll full of shit. Yeah. Um, he well, both times does, he quits. Uh, yeah, both times he quits, he goes and he gets on. He, though the second time he quits, he doesn't get on the train. But the first but time it, he quits, yeah, he it's, it's the train station in both yeah. cases that represents yeah, it's the train station like, and, whether, and the whether train he will itself. or won't like yeah. commit to running away. Running away. Yeah. Uh, and so his introspection and his 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 other self, his 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 sort of unconscious, his the self is always composed of two people: the self which is actually seen and the self observing that. Uh, oh, who said that? That Shinji. Oh. <laughs> uh, 
uh, and the, and and uh, also says it says you are afraid of the Shinji Akaris in other people's minds. Right. Um, and and it reminds me a lot. And I I don't remember if I left this in in the the uh, or I, how much of this I left in in the uh, the Lane episode. Uh, mm. But Lane was obviously super massively inspired by Ava. Um, and in one of the one of the ways in which it is inspired by Ava is in its sort of uh, interest in sort of phenomenological or or existential ideas of perception. Right, um, right, right, right. Yes. So, like, so what what Shinji is describing in this sequence is very reminds me very much of of Jean Paul Sartre's idea of the look and like what he talks about in his play No Exit. Um, uh-huh. I read that, but it's been like. 15 yes. years so, so for for our audience so no exit is a a two act or possibly even one act play uh by jean-paul sartre which is about it's about these three souls that have been damned to hell and when they arrive at hell they discover that it is a room decorated in the style of the second french empire <laughs> uh, and they're like this is uh this isn't very much like hell um and over the course of the play as they interact you come to learn why all three of them have been damned and it turns out for all of them infidelity at the least um and so they naturally a love triangle develops (gasps) and i don't remember the characters names but basically there's two of them who want to they want to bone down but they can't because there's a third guy there Uh, (laughs) and vice versa uh because they're just all hanging out in this room and then what one of them realizes self-conscious to bone down in hell yeah just because someone's watching and what they realize is and this is the play that the the phrase hell is other people comes from um let me see if i can find the full so yeah so uh the guy the guy says all those eyes intent on me devouring me what only two of you i thought there were more many more so this is hell i would never have believed it you remember all we were told about the torture chambers the fire and brimstone the burning marl old wives tales there's no need for red hot pokers hell is other people <laughs> um and and the point is that like Hell isn't other people because they're, like, mean to you or whatever. It's because you are always subject to their perceptions of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. we can talk about this more as we talk about the end, but, like, a, a sort of core idea of existentialism is the idea that existence precedes essence. Um, and that, like, like you are a thing in the world before you have any characteristics. Uh, and those characteristics are, to a certain extent, decided on by you, but also by other people. And this is something that like uh Simone de Beauvoir talks about a lot in the second yeah, sex. They talk about that. I mean that 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 yes. gets hit on explicitly in the last episode where they yes. talk about how you you kind of only understand yourself through your relationship with other people. Yes. Um, yeah, uh, it's it's not it's not handled quite um so carefully in in Lane, serial experience Lane. It's more just a lot of hand wavy about like yeah. are the is there anything more to us than the perceptions of yeah. other people? Blah, 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 blah. But yeah. Um, so the thing uh, about episode 16, and I was reading this, there's a, a uh, article on Polygon that went up uh, the day that the, that this, the, that Ava came out on Netflix uh, about sort of the history and of the production of, of Ava that I read. And it talks about how Anno around writing, when he was writing episode 16, he was struggling to write, uh, to, to continue to write Ray's character because he 
he didn't really understand her headspace, and so he asked for uh, he he asked around for recommendations for a, for books on on mental illness, and he found and he got one. It was just sort of like a clinical psychology book, and he read through it, and he realized, and that was the moment that he realized, oh, I've been dealing with depression for a very long time now, and I had no idea. Oh wow. Um. And that's why the episodes after that become so different is because then he becomes really interested in dissecting his own feelings and his own sort of brain problems and sort of making the show about different reactions to that and different and, and sort of ex- exploring the psychology of depression, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and which is very much what the show become becomes after this. They, they spend... Um, so, so in episode 17... Everybody learns about uh, that there's going to be another Ava and another pilot, uh, and a lot of what happens in that um, a lot of what happens in that episode is people sort of panicking about this, uh, or sort of sort of vaguely referring to it, uh, and then at the very end of the episode, it's revealed that Suzuhara is going to be the pilot of the Ava. Right. Um, and then we get episodes eighteen and nineteen, which were the ones that you, you that you liked. Yeah, those were the, those were the ones where I really felt kind of engaged, <laughs> um, because, uh, yeah, Suzuhara's Evangelion on its first like test run goes berserk. Yes, uh, um, and and Gendo being the sociopathic piece of shit that he is, immediate is like Shinji, kill it, uh, and. Like, Misato hasn't told Shinji that Suzuhara is the new pilot because yeah. she feels like Suzuhara should tell him, or she feels like it's not her place, or she's just afraid of talking to Shinji. Uh, but Shinji does realize when he, when he confronts the other Ava that it's an Ava with a person in it, and he's yeah. like, hell no, I'm not gonna kill another person. Uh, and so Gendo is like, fine. Uh, and then switches the Ava to autopilot and has it kill it anyway. Yeah. And kills it way more brutally than Shinji. Yeah. So, so Shinji is sitting there in a, in an Ava he can't control watching it, like freaking the fuck out. It is hard yeah, to watch. It's, it's an extreme, like there's just, it's the most, yeah, it's the most violent, um, yeah, sequence. It is, yeah. And then, um, and so that yeah, that's like one of the most horrifying. I mean, that's all that by far the most horrifying sequence in the in the show. That the complete helplessness that he feels watching this thing that he's been yeah. piloting destroy another life. Um, Suzuhara survives, so that's nice. Um, yeah. But after that, Shinji, like Suzuhara survives, but we never see him again. He's yeah, he's in the hospital. We see him in the hospital, and then we never see him again after that. We never see him or Ketsuke ever. And so Shinji had been kind of like trying to accept his father because his father had given him one line of praise, and that had kind of kept him going for a while. Uh, But then he realized that he he can't trust his dad, and his dad is like has no love for him, and will just use him to kill things. And for the second time, he's like, "Fuck this! I'm quitting. I'm not going to fly an Ava again." Um, but of course that 
doesn't last very long. Yes, yeah. Um, so Shinji, yeah, he goes to the train station in episode 19, and then as soon as he gets there, like, the train's about to arrive, and then it's like, train's not arriving anymore because I'm, a kaiju is destroying the city, sorry. Yeah, so, he, so this is, like, a difficult thing, because, like, he, kind of the two conflicting two conflicting themes of the show, I feel like they come into conflict here. So there's the idea of, like, not running away from your problems, which, like... Misato basically tells is trying to get Shinji to back, um, and but like this also, and so in that from that perspective, like Shinji not piloting the thing, it's like well that's not helping anyone. You're just kind of you don't you just don't want to feel guilty for kind of the necessary violence that's about to occur. Um, but then there's also the theme of being kind of 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 being unable to trust like the pat previous generation in episode 18 yeah. at one point he's like i don't understand adults yes um when he's, he's talking to Ka- Ka- i think he's talking Kaji. to Kaji. yeah they were both lying on the floor and kaji says people can't understand each other completely uh and and then i don't he says he says to us women will always be on the distant shore oh god he yeah. says i don't understand adults <laughs> Um, and so in that, like, in that sense, like, like, Shinji is absolutely justified. Like, Gendo is, cannot be trusted. Like, he, like, he cannot be trusted to not abuse his authority. And like, and so in that sense, like, even from like a purely like utilitarian perspective, like, there's still a good argument against ever piloting an Ava. Um, And so it feels like, but it feels like the show sort of leans on the first theme of not running away. And so it feels like even the show is shaming Shinji a little bit for doing what I felt was a perfectly justified. I think it's a justifiable decision, but I also think a thing, a thing that I sort of realized while watching that episode was that if Shinji had not refused to attack the uh the that angel the angel yeah. that uh that Suzuhara was in it right. probably would have ended less bad for Suzuhara. Oh um, sure, but I mean, there's still no, like, I mean, there was no like for one, there was no way of knowing that. Uh, like yeah, sh- there's no way like, of knowing that for sure. But like, sh- I think the argument that that Anno is making and there's a, a, a we can talk about this more when we get to the very last episode because okay. i forgot about this part um but like talking about how like shinji has a little bit of the power in this situation to make it less bad and by rejecting that it, and rejecting that is the show is i think arguing is is sort of cowardly as yeah, like I like yeah you're i i i think it's it's rejecting the idea that like like moral purity is better than that that, that like will be that, that just sort of being like well I'm not going to be involved with this you know at the very least I didn't do anything wrong is worse than doing something that you don't want to or that you have moral objections to um but part- but because you're participating in it you can make it as 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 not bad as you can yeah i mean and that's 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 Something I have a hard time swallowing, like yeah. for, ver- for for various reasons. But I mean, but especially in the context of this of like a mech show, which is like a militaristic yeah kind of thing. The idea that like 
oh, someone's going to pilot this war machine. So if you can do it and be a little a little less kind of destructive it's i mean it's 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 i mean this it's, i mean it's an yeah. old bullshit ethical yeah. thought experiment like yeah. the 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 chemist for the, the fascists and the chemists like oh oh if you, you could work with the fascists and and maybe make things a little less bad or you could be like yeah a a, a conscious objector and like follow your principles but oh people are going to die because of your selfishness which is which is bullshit um because yeah. like we never we never have the perfect like future site to let us know like oh i could then to know that compromise will end up that that compromising your principles will have the better results i mean and so i think in yeah. general i think part of what makes it a little better for me is and, and and what separates this show a lot in my mind from gundam which is very much about that sort of war stuff uh-huh. is that these robots are not fighting a war like they're not kill like they're not they're not war machines per se they're fighting like weird supernatural like entities that exist for no purpose other than to destroy things which i think makes them a better metaphor for like problems and negativity and like like disasters of of being a person than if this show were about yeah just like well, a, a more straightforward war yeah but then the weird like weird nonsense like backstory around the angels makes it less obvious that they're like a purely like yeah. hostile force and so yeah whatever like like i i was kind of like frustrated by i can understand yeah, the the, the tone of 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 not episode uh, 19 when shinji returns because so uh, i watched i had a very strong emotional reaction to episodes 18 and 19 because i watched them and then immediately had to go to work uh-huh. um and i posted on Mastodon about this a bit and 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 have been posting a lot because it's been making me think a whole lot about like i really hate my job yeah um and i feel the tension that's captured there between well, if I quit th- doing this thing that I hate, then I will be much happier. But I'm also a coward because I'm avoiding my responsibilities. But if I don't quit doing this thing, then I'm not doing something that will demonstrably make me happier and also m- make me adhere, in this case, make me adhere more to my principles. Yeah. You know? Like, so either you're being a coward because you're running away, or you're being a coward because you're just sticking with the status quo and, and doing yeah, something easy. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's this sort of horrible brain trap yeah. uh, that I find myself stuck in all the time that I think a lot of people find themselves stuck in all the time of, because at the, at the beginning of, of episode 19, like Shinji, uh, Shinji says, what's wrong with running away from unpleasantness? Yeah. Um, or in, in episode 16, um, where where one of one of like the voices in Shinji's head says, "There's no way you can live by just linking the enjoyable moments like a rosary." And um, he's like, "Why not?" <laughs> yeah, he says, "Why not?" Um, you know, and and like that, I think is is this sort of core tension that this show taps into of of being like, "Well, I know I'd be happier if I wasn't responsible for this, but does that make me a coward for not being responsible? And I do think that the the very end, like the very last episode, 
offers a response to that that I that I felt was satisfying. Mm-hmm. We can talk about that when we get there. Okay. Um. So yeah. So after that, we get. Um. So yeah. So right. So episode nineteen, we were talking about. Um, uh. Shinji right. So yeah. So Shinji runs away because of that killing thing. Uh, because of having to having to pilot an Ava that was not being piloted by him, and that like his dad basically murdering a person in front of his eyes using his own hands. Yeah. Um. Be and, and then after that decides to run away. But then when the train is, is when the train won't take him because there's a, a kaiju, uh, he decides to wander around. And he meets he meets Kaji, and this is my favorite bit with Kaji in it. Um, oh. Where he, the, where he, he just, watering the plants. He watering the plants. Like he just wanders over and he just finds Kaji just like tending to his watermelon garden while <laughs> while uh, Asuka is just like is getting her getting her ass beat by a giant monster in the background. Um, and um, he's just chilling and watering his crops. Uh, <laughs> and he's, he, he of course he also has to ruin it because Shinji's just like, well, what are you doing here? And and Kaji says, between Kasaragi's breasts is nice too, but I want to be here when I die. <laughs> right, right. Oh God. Um, but then he says, he says, Shinji, the only thing I can do is stand here and water. But you have something that you can do that only you can do. Um, and then earlier, I, I think it was, I think it was Kaji, but it might have been uh, Misato. Um, and this fucking hurt me a lot as a person, uh, uh, where one of them says, if you keep cutting your ties like this, you'll have a tough life ahead of you. Yeah. Um, you know, because, and I, part of the reason this show affects me emotionally very much is because I am, uh, I have a, I'm a quitter. I'm a very quitter's mentality. (laughs) I've never, I've never met something that I couldn't quit. (laughs) Um, I'm such a fucking quitter. Um, and, and that is very much what Shinji is. Yeah. Um, as, as, as just being like, being a per, being a person who, who, if whenever I encounter any difficulty, it is tremendously hard for me to not just quit and to not just be like, well, fuck it. Uh, I don't need to do this. I don't actually have to do anything. I could just die. Um, uh, when when does when does who says that line to Shinji and when? I don't remember. I think it might be Kaji during the crop watering. Yeah, and I, I think no, you're I, right, right because, and I th- and, and that and that I think kind of like I think it might. I think it, no. I think it's Masato on the way to the train station. Okay, but yeah, I think you're right. It's 19 though, and like I felt like that was the kind of the wrong time, like because it's true. Like Shinji is ex- like very afraid of being hurt and is unwilling to kind of make connections with people. But in this case, he just got betrayed by every goddamn adult on the show. Yeah. Like, like even, even Masato, who is his kind of surrogate mother and like supports him when no one else does. Even at this point, even she kind of turns her back on him. And so in this case, he's pretty goddamn justified in cutting, cutting ties um in in this in this case which so like it was a little like right message at the wrong time (laughs) i i do think that it's a little 
it's a, it, it, there's a little more to it than that. I, I guess, like, God, I just, I had a thing to say, that I lost it. Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, no, no, it's not your fault. Uh, While you're thinking, we'll talk, I'll talk about Kaji a bit, um, in my, going back my jogging memory. And, the other, yeah, the other thing he says, so Masato says you're going to have a hard life to keep cutting ties. Kaji says what, the line that you mentioned, that this is, uh, I, there's nothing I can do in this situation, but there is something that you can do, that only you can do, namely pilot the Ava. And I feel like that's a another, like, like it's true in the in the in the world of evangelion that because of the contrived world building that anna set up like because eva zero one is inhabited by the soul of shinji's mother only he can synchronize with it that has no metaphorical connection to real life i think it does i think it does how 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 so so i think it makes a little more sense to, if I, when I think about, because sometimes running away in the show is a metaphor for just running away, as a metaphor for quitting. Yeah. But I think in this specific context, me, run, running away is a metaphor for killing yourself. Um, huh. and I think that that the the thing, and this connects very much to the last two episodes of the show, and 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 to the overall arc of the show as a whole of, of of being that that Shinji's principal problem as a character is that he relies entirely on other people to support his weight as a person to, to right. justify his existence right you know and so for him it makes sense that when everybody betrays him that he should just run away that it doesn't matter yeah. but what he realizes in the end at the end of the episode in the last episode is that he is worth being a person, there's something that only he can do, which is be him, metaphorically. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, be him as a person in the world, you know? And and it doesn't matter what other people betray yeah, you yeah. or what other people do, because piloting the Ava in this context is a metaphor for continuing to live and continuing to be a person. Okay. You know, and continuing to be the the only person that you can be. I mean, that seems like a bit of a stretched. I don't I mean, think I mean, it's I mean, I expect that's I expect that's what's intended. But yeah. it, given like the the internal narrative, not the yeah. like as a put like, it feels like there's a there's a disconnect between between the internal and the and the external or the meta narrative. The meta narrative being being you have to like recognize your own self-worth and not pin all your sense of self on other people's perceptions the internal narrative being being piloting the ava and in this case like of course shinji shouldn't run away from kind of his sense of, or his, his, his sense of self but he <laughs> i think he's perfectly fine running away from the goddamn ava yeah like so. the the avas are a bit of an overloaded metaphor yeah. i guess um, and like, like that's one thing. Like, if another show were to come along and do this but better, I would gladly make it my favorite anime. Yeah. But the thing is, is that even though it would be extremely easy to do everything this show does and none of the stuff that it does wrong, nobody does that. And instead, they just do all the stuff it does wrong and none of the oh, stuff that it does right. There's, there's no money for making good TV. Yeah, there's no money for making good anime. Um, uh, uh, but I mean, yeah, I, I was, it, yeah, so, I was complaining about this with. Like yeah, the the economic. I mean, not just anime, but 
TV in general. Yeah. It's such a mass market thing. You can't make good. You can't make good TV. Um, yeah. Um, you know, as evidenced, and we'll talk about this a bit more when we talk about End of Ava, but as evidenced by the reaction to the end of this show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. uh, so yeah, so so that like that is a very emotionally powerful set, two pair of episodes for me, um, and also I I, I I gather for you. Of, it, of it, just... it was it was it was the most it was the time I felt most invested with the show. Yeah. yeah. Um, because it is like it it. It's they're really good episodes. They're so good. Um, so yeah. So then after that, uh, we don't get a ton more. Um, we get some background on Nerve. Um, we get in in episode twenty one. Um, oh, that 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 flashback. Episode? Yeah, we got a flashback episode. Yeah, um, and we also see see some stuff in episode twenty. Um, and then also previously we see some, uh, some more, some more fun science stuff that they, they use perhaps, perhaps a little, uh, slightly more appropriately. Um, because they keep, <laughs> they, they say the word apoptosis a lot. Do they? Uh, they do. Uh, perhaps I only notice it cause I know what that means. Um, what does it mean, Cass? So they use it like almost correctly, uh, <laughs> which is, is, is that they, the apoptosis is what happens when a cell realizes that something has gone horribly wrong and decides to kill itself. Um, so like if a cell, so like the, the, when you hear the term apoptosis very, um, often is in like cancer biology because it's what, um, it's what, there are certain genes in cells, uh, what are they called? They're not tumor suppressors. They have mm. a really obvious name. Tumor suppressors. <laughs> I kept, like, my brain just kept being like, proto-oncogene, proto-oncogene. And I'm like, no, that's the other one. <laughs> um, no, tumor Nerd. suppressors. So, so what tumor, tumor suppressors do is they engage apoptosis if they detect that there's something wrong with the, uh, the cell division process. So, like, <laughs> it basically... They do a bunch of, there are a bunch of genes that do a bunch of checks to make sure that the cell is okay leading up in the stages leading up to mitosis. And then if they're not okay, they're just like, well, I guess I'll die. And then the cell explodes. <laughs> um, and what can, cancer stops that process. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. Because there's a very good book called, uh, uh, the emperor of all maladies. Uh, that's, it's great. I read it. That's why I know, uh, too much about cancer. Um, oh. You should, if you're at all interested in cancer biology, you should is, that, is, this, is this your recommended book for the show? It might be, um, but but uh, I'll probably recommend a different one because I've recommended that now. Um, but yeah, and then they, I, I thought of this because in my notes for episode twenty, they they use the term hay flick limit, uh, and they use that one extremely incorrectly. <laughs> um, so they talk about like the damage to um, unit unit zero two. As being beyond the Hayflick limit, <laughs> um, and and the thing about that is is it's almost correct. Uh, so the Hayflick limit is a so because of a variety of factors, one of which is these things at the ends of uh, our chromosomes called telomeres, which are these like buffers of junk DNA that like whenever the cell splits, whenever a cell divides, uh, a tiny bits of the on the ends of the chromosomes get take get torn off. And so there's telomeres there, which mean that when that happens, no important genes are lost. Um, but it means the telomeres get shorter every single time. And when the telomeres get too short, your cells can no longer divide. Uh, and that's called reaching the Hayflick limit. And for humans, it's about, I think, 40 divisions um, hmm. that a cell can go through. 
uh, before it reaches that limit and the cell can no longer divide. And this is part of the reason why humans age. So I can see where ah. they were going with saying that the damage was beyond the Hayflick limit. <laughs> uh, but it's not quite... It's a bit of a stretch. It's a little bit of a stretch. Oh, a bit of a stretch. The thing is, is that every time Kaji did something awful, I wrote in my notes, Kaji sucks. But Kaji has gone past the Hayflick limit. Kaji has gone... But I don't have any context as to why. <laughs> uh, it. So it just says Kaji sucks. Kaji sucks. Uh, Kaji sucks. Kaji sucks. Kaji sucks. Um, um, so at uh, some point... There's also, a, there's also a really good moment in episode 20 where Ray like, wakes up. Because that's after... Because um, in episode, ni- it's episode 19 when Shinzi Ava turns into King Kong and starts eating. Yes. Things. Yes. Yeah. And then Ray... Yeah, right. In episode 20, Ray like, wakes up. And I don't remember if she's in the hospital or if she's in, if yeah. she's in her room. And she wakes up and she just goes... I'm still alive. <laughs> it's such a mood. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, 19 ends with um, Shin, like the his Evo was unplugged and it had the five five minutes of battery that ran out. But then, like because it's his mother, he screamed. He screamed enough, and it kind of became self aware and ate the angel. Chomp, 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 and then everyone threw up. It was and it gross. took an, an S2 engine into itself. I, I, don't, I don't What care is that? About the what S2 is that? Engine? Uh, <laughs> uh, and then it it's kind like of like. It's like the thing at the core of angels that powers them. And so by taking it into itself, like the Ava becomes way more powerful. Yeah. And they're scared of it. Yeah. And so it, 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 Shinji's Ava goes on all fours, growls like a dog. Um, busts, yeah, it's fucking terrifying. Busts, busts its armor off and gets swole. Yeah, uh, gets red, mad, and nude. It's some fucking weird shit. It's not uh, like because like it, it's a very similar thing to the end of of Lane, where that that guy turns into a, a huge, horrible, like gross flesh monster. Oh yeah. Uh, but like, that's what it made me think of was because like because like Shinji's because like Unido One's arm gets ripped off and then it just grows another arm. It's but a it's human not like arm. It's, so it's like gross. A, a, a human ass human <laughs> arm. It fucking it's sucks. Ar- it's awesome. Yeah. Um. um it's so good. Uh, oh, so wait, so this. Oh, so that's the episode. They can't get Shinji out of the. King Kong. Yes. Uh, and that's when he that's when he turns into his quantum form. Yes. Um, he gets where, quantumly sucked. Where he gets Schrodingered. Um, <laughs> and it's like neither here nor there. Uh, stuck inside the cockpit and is uh, in like a disembodied soul. Uh, so he's like, oh, it sounds like it feels like my mother. Uh, he's in the yeah. womb. Uh, yeah. Just pile on the the, the young Freud uh, yeah. you can't go, and you can't go wrong. Um, and then he ha- he has a a wild, a wild sexy dream, um, with yes. all the female characters. Which I think, I think the upshot there is it's it's part of like part of the the his brain problems where he can only acknowledge yes. affection that's either grounded in praise for his success or some sort of like other like sexual so that attention animation, Some, something specific, that's something that's not um something yeah. that's not about his intrinsic worth as a person yeah the specific like animation cycle that they do during that sequence comes back in end of ava and it's so good it's oh, so good oh, you know oh, in no. a context that's oh, no. amazing it's oh, no. um, it's so good okay. end of ava i it's grown on me so much okay uh, <laughs> uh, 
So let's so, see. Yes. So so then we get the the flashback episode, um, and then we get the episode where Asuka wants to fuck. Let uh, Asuka. Uh, wait, no, don't let her. Don't She's let Asuka. Yeah, it, it was a nice refresher after that Phoenix Wright chapter that we just played, where Asuka's like, "I want to fuck Kaji," and Kaji's like, "You are a child." Yeah, yeah. Um, like, it was a wonderful refresher. The, and yeah, then for the, the, yeah, the one decent thing Kaji does is like, yeah. not have sex with not a child. fuck a child. Uh, but yeah, then in, in episode twenty-two, sort of focuses on uh, on Asuka. Uh, we get a shot of Asuka's mom's grave, which reveals that I think her name is Zeppelin. That's amazing. Yeah, I think um, some, either her middle name or her first name or her, one of her names, I don't know because a Japanese name order, how they like, and, and because it's ostensibly a German name, like, I don't know how they mangled it or whatever, but <laughs> one of her names is Zeppelin. <laughs> and any maybe of they, them maybe would they, be good. Maybe they meant to call her Hindenburg. Um, <laughs> any of them would be great because yeah. if her last name is Zeppelin that's hilarious if her first name is Zeppelin that's even better and if her middle name is Zeppelin then it's like it's a, like her boxing like ring nickname <laughs> Asuka Zeppelin Choiru yeah um, so so yeah so so they they kind of do try and very quickly build a build a full arc for Asuka and I think it yes it's it's a bit it's a bit rushed yeah, uh, I, I found it pretty effective. The other thing that happened in this episode that's Buck Wild, it's like a Buck Wild t-shirt detail, is that Shinji is wearing an XTC shirt at one point. A like what the shirt? Seven- XTC. They're a, uh, they're a 70s post-punk band. Cool. Uh, not as good, not as good as Wu-Tang. Not as, yeah, it's so much less wild than so Wu-Tang, but I Noir saw Noir is like, better than Ava because Kiriko wears a Wu-Tang clan yeah. apron. I mean, like, XTC is great. <laughs> um... Everybody should go listen to Drums and Wires. It's a great album. Um, but yeah, like, I'm just like, why, Shinji, why, why is this? Because Shinji has, like, great taste in music. There's a bit later on where, like, he's, like, lying on his bed and his, like, his... Th- that's the other thing about this show is that they make, like, all these predictions about, like, in the year 2015, we're going to have these giant, uh, like, biomechanical robots and computers that think with brains. But also everyone's going to still listen to, uh, listen to music on their, like, cassette tape Walkman. Um, and so Shinji is like lying on his bed and his like Walkman is next to him and his headphones are out and you can just hear like the the sickest like city pop coming out of it like it's 100% something that people would like post on YouTube and jerk off over in 2019 (laughs) Um, you know it's it's very very plastic love very uh, Tetsuro Yamashita Um, Um, oh we're, we're talking about Asuka um, yes. So her mother, her mother, had brain problems. Also, yes, yes. And, and would only talk to a doll because sh- she thought the doll was her daughter. And then she killed herself. Yes. yes. And then there's a really fucking intense scene with Asuka and Ray in the elevator, where Asuka's just like yelling at Ray, and Ray is just standing there, just like saying nothing. Oh yeah. Um. Uh, and then, and then we get another. Wait, what, another... What's it? wait, 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 wait. What, yeah. So, what happens in the elevator? Like, I, I forget. I forget. So, yeah. What... So, um, let me so, see so, so, Asuka. This episode. So, uh, Asuka uh, gets really mad. So, Asuka is like really insecure about Shinji being better than her. Yeah, and this um, is kind Shinji's... of reinforced after nineteen when he says, yes. "Okay, fine, I'll go. I'll." I'll go back, I'll pile the Ava, and he, in effect, saves her, and that kind of shatters yeah. her self-confidence. Yeah, Asuka uh, and Rey both get completely fucking obliterated by 
the the angel through no fault of their own, really, because right. both of their Avas were damaged. And, like, and it's not Shinji who does it. It's it's his mom who fucking eats yeah. the other angel. Shinji's, Shinji's cool mom. But the point um, is that Asuka... Yeah, her is, pride is hurt. She, she like, gets, her self-worth is, is has for the past couple episodes, has been basically constituted by whether or not she's better than Shinji. Yeah. And, and, and now and, she, and now she can no longer... Clear, she's not better than Shinji. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so or at she, least her, she, Ava's performance isn't, which is what yeah. counts. And she, um, and she's also always really hated Ray because she thinks Ray is liked by by Gendo more than more than the other two. Yeah. And because she 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 has the, she you know sort of projects an aura of smugness onto Ray because Asuka is smug, and so she assumes that everybody else must be smug. <laughs> that's that, like that, like that's something that Asuka very much typifies is this, oh, yeah, this no. sort of behavior like, pattern that I. I see all the time, and I I experience it occasionally, and and I, like everybody experiences it is just the idea that anybody who claims to not feel the same way you do or not experience the world the same way you do is just lying, and they re- and you know they really do. You know, it's the same thing yeah. when you yeah. see like right wing assholes being like, well, everyone secretly knows that like women are inferior, uh, <laughs> right. but we're but you're just pretending to, for virtue signaling reasons. Right, right, um, right. You know, it's that exact same kind of thing of of Asuka assuming that Ray takes pr- some level of pride in in her in her Ava performance and in the fact that Gendo likes her more. Yeah. Um. And and assumes that this is because she calls she calls Ray a puppet repeatedly and gets really mad at her about this about the fact that that Ray seems to just follow orders and not care what they are, um, which yeah. is very different from from both Asuka and Shinji. Um, and and she Asuka specifically asks Ray like, "Would you if 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 Gendo asks you to die, would you do so?" And she says yes. Um, and the reason for that is because Ray just wants to die um, because mm. she's a clone trapped in an infinite cycle of of resurrection. Right. Um, right. But uh, Asuka has n- is not here for that, um, and just sees that as her being being likable, liked by Gendo, and and therefore like seen as more worthy by authority figures because she capitulates to them and because she has you know and and asuka being unable to do that is sort of jealous yeah um and so this is very very intense elevator scene uh and then we get the angel for this episode which is this giant bird in the sky that plays handel's messiah (laughs) oh yeah Uh, fuck yeah, That's it's so it's, it's, weird. It's, a, it, it's it's nuts. It's like this giant bird in space shoots a rainbow at Asuka and drives her nuts while also handles Messiah's blast <laughs> in the background. It's wild. Uh, also, Asuka shouts, "Don't come inside me!" Oh uh, Jesus, God damn it! Which you know, um, hey, hey, jokes. Hey, so yeah, so Asuka just sort of gets her brain owned by this gay bird in the sky that plays handles his eye. <laughs> uh, uh, and and yeah, uh, how, yeah, I forget so how that episode ends, so you'll have to... That episode ends in. with Ray going down into the basement and getting the Lance of Longinus and throwing it to the moon. <laughs> right. So, like... This is a at, good show. At, yeah, so at that point, yeah, at that point, is it, is it Gendo and Masada who's like, fuck it, let's bring out the big guns? It's Gendo. Um, Gendo is just like, well, like, we can't shoot it with a gun because it's too far away. Why don't you get the Lance of Longinus out, just, like, bust this thing out and just, like, get your best javelin form going. Throw it at this bird. <laughs> Which yeah, and, and 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 so Ray 
chucks this goddamn lance in it and it and it murders the thing. Um, yes. Um, and then how does that? What so? How do, what is it? So yeah. what, do we, what do we get with Asuka after that? After that, Asuka is is done. She she can no longer sync with her Eva. Right. Um, oh yeah, she's in, she she ends up in the hospital too, doesn't yeah, she? Yeah, she ends up in the hospital and she she can no longer sync with her Eva. And they start thinking about well, we need to find somebody to replace Asuka. Yeah. Foreshadowing. <gasps> uh, and then in episode twenty three, we learn that Asuka is a gamer. Yeah, Cause yeah, because she, she's depressed, so she hangs out with the class. She rep. hangs out and just plays Poyo Poyo on the Sega Genesis. Um, <laughs> um which is great. Um, this is also the episode where Shinji we get Shinji's Sweet City Pop mix, um, and we also get uh, Ritsuko for some reason having a meeting with Seal entirely nude. Yeah, so this is where yeah, so this is where we get some more Ritsuko content. So. Um, kind of one of the, like the dumb things is that like both she and her mother are kind of like one-sidedly in love with Gendo, yeah, for for no conceivable reason. Um, and yeah. both both kind of are I the way that I interpreted it wasn't that they were one-sidedly in love; it was that Gendo was taking advantage of both of them. Well, yeah, I mean, Gendo, Gendo needs his Gendo needs his nut. Get, I mean, I mean, they were bo- they were actually and they and they went they, along with it because he has a position of power over them. Ah, uh, I got the impression that they like actually did love him, and, and because because we get in in the fla- in the big flashback episode, and we get a whole bunch of of how everything started. Yes. Um, yes. And we get some 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 indications that Gendo has not always been the asshole that he is now. Mm, he always seemed like an asshole to me. He's he's always uh, been kind of an asshole, but now he's way more of an asshole. Whereas back then yeah. he was just like kind of an asshole. Yeah. Um. So, Ritsuko's mother is is the original science, head scientist, and so, and then at one point that she meets the first Ray clone, um, and Ray is just like, "Shut up, you old bag." Um. And then tells tells Ritsuko's mother how little Gendo respects her and how he talks about her. Uh, and at that point, Ritsuko's mother snaps and kills the first clone. Um, so that that's what made me think that she actually did genuinely care because she was she was so shocked by the realization that he didn't care about her in return that she killed this child and that's when she that's when she jumps off the um she she ritsuko's mother commits suicide out of out of guilt for killing ray and then and then the ray we see throughout the majority of the show is ray number two yes Uh, and then but um ritsuko sorry back to ritsuko um ritsuko is in the same situation some sort of sexual relationship with gendo and then uh, after the Lance of Longinius fiasco, um, he, Gendo throws Ritsuko onto the bus and kind of makes her take the fall. Yes. Uh, and that's when she goes up, up to like the seal council. And that's when she realizes like her mother, that he's been just kind of exploiting her. Um, and then like her mother, she kills Ray in this case, by destroying all the backup bodies, yes, that would be used for future rays. Yes, um, that scene is very intense. Uh, and then we get the the angel for that episode, which is ba- basically just tries to like fuse with Ray. 
oh yeah yeah and then ray um so, uh, yeah, so this happens before the scene where Ritsuko murders all the Ray clones. Oh, I got the order. Uh, okay. So yeah, so Ray, the angel tries to fuse with Ray, and Ray sacrifices herself to uh, to save everybody um, yeah. by taking the angel into herself and then blowing up the Ava. Um, right, right. And then, and then after that, after Ray is then resurrected, and then Ritsuko murders all the remaining Ray clones. Yeah. So this is the last Ray. Yeah. So we get Ray three, who doesn't, and. And Shinji doesn't realize at first, and then he's like, he's like, uh, talking to her about the fight, and she's like, did that happen? He's like, you don't remember? She's like, it's not that I don't remember, I just don't know, being like, I, 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 this, I'm a brand new person. I've arrived yeah, at this. There's, there's no question of, of, of having forgotten. It's, it's, it was never something I could have remembered. Uh, yeah, then we learn that Ray is made up of clones, and then, um, Misato, basically holds Ritsuko at gunpoint so she can, because she is sick of being in the dark about everything, and they go down with Shinji to the laboratory where all the clones are. And then Ritsuko talks about Gendo and how much, and yes. her betrayal and everything, and then she destroys all the backup bodies. Yes. And then we get episodes 24, 25, and 26, which have a lot of content in them, and I really have to pee. So I'm going to take a real quick break okay. and then we'll be back. Okay, me too. I'll probably, I'll cut out this out. Alright. I'm back. Hell yeah, good timing. Episode right. episode 24. Alright, yes, episode 24. Uh, so Asuka is, is out of commission. She's just she she's just like chilling nude in a bathtub in an abandoned house, like you do. Oh yeah, she, oh yeah, she runs away. Yes, Asuka uh, runs away. And then at, at some point the secret police find her and take and she ends up in the hospital and blah blah blah. Yes. Uh, um but the important part of episode twenty four is obviously Kaoru. Kaoru. I have n- I have no idea how to pronounce Kaoru. Kaoru. It just winds up being just like a mess of syllables. Kaoru uh, I mean, like every... sounds too. Um... Kaoru. Kaoru. Don't 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 Kaoru. Uh, <laughs> so I know everyone likes that gay shit, but I can't fucking stand Kaoru. I mean, this, like like um. This dude. this this episode is in and Kaoru serves a very basically the same function as Smith in Gunbuster. Uh, in Gunbuster, Ooh. the our main character I forget her name suffers from similar insecurity uh, as Shinji, um, it, and especially which is exacerbated by, by the fact that her like um, mech partner kind of runs hot and cold based on like and kind of it turns her back on her when she performs poorly, and so she kind of links her self-worth with her performance as a, as a mech pilot and it's not until this, she meets this dude smith who kind of just like like respect like a, i don't know about respect but he 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 likes her kind of unreservedly um and and so he he helps her he talks her down during during a fight and he kind of helps ground her um and so he kind of helps her discover her own self-worth and so coward does a does a similar thing in, and in then that the crucial thing about about smith is that then he immediately dies oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. of course they, yeah they, they both last one episode and which is which uh, which makes sense with gunbuster because it's such a short show that that you have to do yeah. a lot but with coward it seems it seems so like it's a little it's, rushed I yeah, have sympathy like, on account of how they're running out of money. Yeah, in, uh, in both cases, it's it's kind of an immediate 
intense emotional connection that is yeah. used for very like blatant narrative purposes. Yeah, um, because uh, and I, but I I think the the intense emotional connection here is justified a bit more in part because Shinji's problems are so much worse than yeah. Uh, than the Gunbuster protagonist whose name is Casey. What's, what's her face? Yeah, uh, uh, and and Karu is the only person who has ever loved Shinji unconditionally. Yeah, and 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 um, like I, I, like it's kind of yeah, like you say, kind of just like because it turns out Kaoru isn't a human; he's an angel. Yes, uh, yeah, and so like out, yeah. and so like uh, like it, oh like angels are capable of like completely kind of unprompted unconditional love right maybe christianity yeah. something so i can i can see the justification <laughs> but it still it still does feel kind of forced in context yeah. because like they hang out once and then kaoru is like i love you um, yeah that was amazing i don't know if you just heard something fall over i heard something my... sort of in the background yeah so what happened was there was a bottle of of soda an empty bottle of soda that was sitting on my desk, like sort of wedged between two things, like sort of in precariously. And it fell off, bounced off the milk crate that holds, has all my records in it and directly into the trash can. That owns. Yeah. I can claim no credit for that, but it was shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, yeah. So Kyler so, gives his first taste of like what, how it should kind of feel yeah. to kind of receive affection from another person. Yeah. Like, like um, what, it, at least, or at least what it can be to kind of be vulnerable and let yourself love and be loved by someone else. Yeah. Um, and that I think is why it works. It like, it feels okay to me for Shinji to be like so immediately totally down with it cuz uh-huh. he's again not that down with it like he's still really nervous and and no uh, I no I I don't mean I I'm not talking about Shinji's reaction I'm I'm talking about I, I what I what I felt was especially like uh contrived was how was Kaoru he like he he's not so, really he's not really a character he's a he's a he's yeah, a Yeah he's not really narr- a character he's a, he's a narrative he, device he exists like like he what they what I think the angels learned at this point is that oh if you we just make one that's a guy and then we <laughs> just like have have him like come on really hard to this other guy who's never had anybody love him ever in his entire life um then that'll be a really easy way f- to get closer to Lilith okay um, makes sense like it feels like like cuz the revelation at the end there feels partly like a it does feel very much like a betrayal you know yeah, like yeah. like Kaoru yeah. being like like the re- reveal that all of that and, and that's what it feels to me like immediately is all of that like unconditional love was just a show uh-huh. um and was just like well what if i just love this guy a lot and then he'll hurt he me. might yeah. he'll he, he won't hurt he won't want to hurt me you know and then and then what are you gonna do nerve uh, right, so then Kaori turns out to be an angel and heads down into the down to where Adam is, the core where, yes, um, where and then it, where it, it is prophesied that when an angel comes into contact with Adam on the cross, the third impact will occur. Yes, um, but then it's revealed that one, it's not Adam, it's Lilith. 
And yeah. secondly, that's and, not how the third impact happened. So, or how the second impact happened. So that's not how the third impact is going to happen. Right. So, so Adam is the progenitor of the angels, and Lilith is the progenitor of mankind. Is that right? Yes. Okay. So my, my wiki trolling. Yes, because because Kaoru keeps calling humans Lilim. Yeah. Uh, which is a term for Lilith's descendants. Yeah. Um. And so yeah, so Shinji. Uh, is forced to kill Kaoru, right. uh, and is not stoked about it. <laughs> not stoked. Um, there's an uh, a, a incredible, just like torturously long hold on yeah. the shot of Unit 01 yeah. holding Kaoru. Um, it's yeah, it goes on so much longer than you think it it will, and then it just keeps going, and it's it's so it's very emotionally effective. Um, and then and then we get the final two episodes. Uh, oh boy. <laughs> oh boy! There's some content in these two episodes. Um, and so, killing Kaoru, uh, and, and, and the sort of, the final angel, the final messenger, initiates the third impact and, and begins the human instrumentality project. Which is uh, what again? Uh, so, instrumentality. <laughs> I don't know why they call it, I don't know why they call it instrumentality. Um, but it's basically, so it has to do with the AT field and, and with that as a metaphor and the idea of instrumentality being that we can force human evolution by initiating the third impact and causing everyone's AT fields to dissolve. Um, and then everyone will merge together into one being, um, it's not even a collective, it's just one being that is everyone's egos merged together, and that is the next stage of human evolution. Oh, right, so that's the solution to the problem that we have connected with other people. Just m- fucking merge us all into one. It's problem solved, asshole. Yeah. Uh, and so we don't get a ton of that in this ending. We get more of it in the end of Ava. Okay. Um, um, more of, like, what that literally means. So, yeah, so... Episode 25, so... Shinji finds himself, like, there's a very, very, like, the first thing that happens is Shinji just sort of shouting and trying to get in contact with anybody, um, and then finding out that, like, oh, right. oh he's, in, he's, in, he's, in, he's in the fog. He's the hedgehog yeah, he's, in the fog. He's a hedgehog in the fog, and he has, because all of his life, or all of the show up to this point, he's relied on doing what other people tell him to do. He has no yeah. direction unless somebody's telling him to pilot Ava, unless somebody's telling him to do something. Yeah. You know, he takes no initiative of his own. He he doesn't feel like he has any agency. And then suddenly he finds himself in a situation where, well, he has to have agency. So, he has so to where, where, is, where is he, like, literally? Um, uh, where is he? I don't know so where he, he is literally. So, he, so at the end of episode 24, he has to kill Kaoru, and then he's, and then uh, Misato tries to tries to tell him that he didn't really have a choice and that he shouldn't blame himself, but she's not very good at it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and then, then... There's kind of a gap there. You get, yeah. again, what is supposed to have literally happened is sort of covered in End of Ava. And what okay. happens here is, oh, we don't have enough money to <laughs> animate. What if Ray was giant and nude? Um, <laughs> uh, so... So instead, we're going to just skip to the important part, which is Shinji uh, basically looking for direction and finding himself directionless. Um, And then it sort of begins sort of interrogating uh, all of the sort of main characters um, 
about about like why they pilot Ava, what they're afraid of, what it is that they feel, who they are, like this sort of very introspective sort of self interrogation. Um, and the thing that 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 Asuka says, and this and this is part of sort of I guess a resolution to to some of our to some of the earlier thematic concerns that we were talking about of, of Asuka talking about how saying to Shinji you just want people to need you all you do is uh all you do is wait wanting people to give you happiness false happiness um and like for Shinji like piloting Ava is not the be-all end-all even of of like being a person because the reason he does it is because and and the reason it makes him happy is because it makes him feel needed it makes him feel like other right. people like other people need him, and what I think episodes twenty five and twenty six provide is that pi- piloting Ava or or doing what you're told or fulfilling your responsibilities is just the first step. You know, it's just like the first thing that you need to do. But there's ultimately potential beyond that for emerging from depression and like becoming a fully realized person who crafts your own destiny. Uh, who crafts your own destiny? I guess you craft your crafts. Who, who is able to to create a world that you want to actually live in and rather than just yeah. doing what other people tell you to do and i just think it's especially poignant considering you know shinji is a teenager and like a lot of and the show is is aimed at teenagers and like a lot of the time when you're in school and you're just doing what your parents and teachers and and people tell you to do um you know and maybe you you have like your first job you know a little bit yeah. after this and then you're just doing what your boss tells you to do and then it's like okay it, this is what being an adult with responsibilities is like is i just uh, other people tell me what to do and then i do it you know um but there's there's sort of sort of more hope to it than that and a thing that that they talk about in episode 25 that we talked about a little bit earlier is is about other people's perceptions of you being as real as your own perception of yourself or Mm. being as important in your perception of yourself as your own perception of yourself right um you know like ray uh, has this this sequence where where she confronts all of the different ways that people conceptualize her, um, mm-hmm. which very much reminded me of of parts of Lane where that happens, um, uh, and then um, and then Ray and then she says I am who I am through connections with other people, um, and then um, I think Asuka says people cannot live in a space that is yours alone, um, where Shinji basically they're they're like this is what you've created you asked for a world where nothing made you uncomfortable you asked for a world where where you were all by yourself uh you wished everyone else was dead yeah so shinji Uh, shinji Shinji, Shinji kind of like like flies between extremes of like pitting everything in his self-conception on other people's like perspective of him and not kind of letting himself connect with other people and so yeah, and so the the kind of message of the last two episodes is both you have to have your like you have to have like a sense of your own self worth that's independent of other people's opinions, but also you can't shut other people out. You have to be yeah. live in the world with people. And, yeah, and like and like you are the open only yourself person- up to them. Yeah, yeah. Like like there there's a very good. I watched this again uh, in preparation for this episode. There's a very good video by Dan Olson uh, about about end of Ava, which I will link in the show notes, uh, called End of Evangelion in the Audience Author Membrane, um, where he talks about how, like, like you are, the phrase that he uses, which I've always liked, is that you are the only person who is going to be there for every second of your entire life. 
Mm. Um, you know, and and a lot of of the show is is around is built around that idea. But the last two episodes remind Shinji that it's impossible to be entirely self reliant. That yeah. like humans can't live alone. They can't live without no other man is an island. Yeah, they can't live without other people. Um, and so when you, if, if you want to sequester yourself and create a world in which only you exist and only things that make you comfortable exist, you're just going to be floating around in the void forever because you understand yourself through, through how other people perceive you as much as how you perceive yourself. Or at least, or at least, I mean, probably to the same extent, but just the importance of kind of like, yeah, understand, like you only kind of understand the boundaries of yourself through seeing other people and yeah. Uh, it's a stru- a structural approach to selfhood. Um, and and the, the what episode twenty five I think really really does is highlight just how similar the struggles of all four characters are, and yeah. like they all express their problems differently, but they all have the similar root causes, namely that they all have serious abandonment issues, um, and that they all have similar solutions, and that they all all of their symptoms are sort of expressions of the same sort of root desire to be needed and the same root mm-hmm. problem of relying on other people entirely to give you your own self-worth. Yeah. Um, which means that in episode 26, episode 26 begins with an incredible like series of, of like titles that just say, that essentially say, we don't have enough money to show the other stuff. Let's talk about the boy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so like we like we joke about it, it them being two powerpoints, yeah, um, which is kind of true. Are. But like it's all, but like um, it's also it, partly because they have no money, but partly because they're trying to basically represent interiority. Um, I'm gonna go on a bit of a tangent here, and like I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say like film oh is not the best medium for representing interiority uh i yeah i i I definitely understand why you say that and Um. so like i like the parts i think 25 especially felt very much like like this would work as like a stage play like they've got the characters with spotlights yeah and it's like but at least for me it 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 as it was presented, it was it it was hard to kind of. I think they do a it, lot of things that are unique, especially when because they do a lot of coolish have effect stuff where they're cutting between related images and they yeah and they do I mean, a lot of they do a lot of stuff that's unique to animation, especially in episode yeah. twenty six when they talk when they like have Shinji free floating and then they draw him a boundary. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, um, but yeah, like like. Um, cause the thing that, that, that makes me think of is, is how good books are at representing interiority. Exactly. Which um, makes sense because like you can like, because there's you know. so much more flexibility in, in like yeah. it, there's, there's less kind of like, I think of stuff like, like James immediacy. There's maybe less or, immediacy of, of, of written word over, over visual because you can't do like snap juxtapositions and everything but you can kind of there's so much more subtlety and depth that you can use yeah uh, but i do I mentioned... really like the solution they come up with to wanting to convey a bunch of complex ideas with a very limited budget yeah of of um especially like when they when they start 
using um like rough storyboard sketches and stuff uh that are like <laughs> right. what they filled in a lot of those drawings are really cute yeah it's like it's it's there there's interesting aspects to it um but when i was watching this um i mentioned a while back before on discord i posted some shitty roundup of like of recent anime and someone was saying like oh this show sssss gridman is like this spiritual successor to ava or whatever and i was like oh maybe and that nothing happens for for most of it and there's like 10 minutes at the end that are interesting um and like gridman sucks uh, it's <laughs> like the only interesting thing they do is have like the shinji character be a kind of the antagonist and be a girl um so like the three the three main characters turn out to be not the, like the the focus by the end of it so that like they there's there's mech fighting and stuff but it turns out this that this girl who's been kind of like who like sculpts the kaiju that that attack the city the um, kaiju sculpture has logged on like she's severely depressed and it turns out that the entire city that the show takes place in is a simulation that that she created in order to have someone who would love her unconditionally uh and and then and, and stuff happens but um that, that sounds interesting but the show is actually bad <laughs> tur- tur- turns out though that there's another show that's slightly more ava like called the girl in twilight and it's i that one is August actually anime that, that one i actually i think it's worth watching even though it's really goofy um, the first oh, man, 11 you know ep- how much I love Goofy. The first 11 episodes are just a really silly, like, like, anime. So in- instead of mechs, it's like high school girls transforming into, like, um, fighters. Uh, but it's, but it's actually canonically gay, like the main character and another character end up together. Um, but the main character asks, also Asuka. Um, her, the main thing is that she, she lost her brother when she was like 10 or so she was watching him and then she turned away for a second and he was gone and so the guilt and the grief over that basically color her entire life and the gimmick of the show is there are parallel universes so there are other asukas who've dealt with it in different in other ways and so the main antagonist is another asuka who uh much like Shinji in that she completely closed off her emotions and refused to kind of experience anything. Um, and whereas the, the protagonist Asuka re- responds by never being sincere and just being really bubbly and silly and goofy. Um, and so the last episode is also this kind of very experimental exploration of interiority where it's the two Asukas, um, in dialogue, um, uh, and it's it's actually like I watched I watched the last couple episodes again like yesterday and and um, it's there, there's there's interesting bits but uh, yeah if if you want a modern show that has any like that doesn't suck ass <laughs> look elsewhere yeah then other than Gridman too bad uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you want a modern show that doesn't suck ass too bad motherfucker yeah I mean the uh, the girl in Twilight isn't. I, it's not like an amazing show. Uh, it's, but it's. I I I had a fun time watching it. Yeah. Unlike yeah, Red Man, which I kind of just put on the background and groaned a lot. <laughs> 
but yeah, talking about like whether or not this show or or film in general or animation in general can utilize like visuals effectively for introspection. I actually think that this show does a lot of really interesting visual metaphors. Like there's the bit where Shinji gets um where like they have Shinji and they draw him a boundary and like and they talk about how like yeah he's, flo- he's, he's, flo- he's floating in space and they're like they're like you're free but you can't really do anything let's put it on the ground but now you've got now gravity is holding you down but but you do have you can like yeah. move you can in walk around ways you can walk around but there are limitations to the uh yeah 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 that, that was yeah. cute and clever that's cute and then there's there when they're talking about um how he has the ability to sort of shape his own world and that he can imagine a world in which he doesn't have to pilot Ava. Like they uh-huh. do a, a sort of cute thing where they draw him and then they have him sort of like in sort of wonderfully animated sequences, like transform into like an egg. Uh, <laughs> I, don't I don't remember the egg. I, re- I remember the, the alternate universe where, no, there's the alternate universe. So we'll get to the alternate universe. Um, so yeah. So the, the beginning um, we also have a similar sequence of uh, episode 26. We have a similar sequence where Shinji's on the train callbacks to the reuse yeah. of that imagery. Um, and, and Shinji talking about saying, saying what's wrong with running away from things that you don't like yeah. as a callback to him saying the exact same thing in episode 16. Uh, so when he uh, says, when he says that you can imagine a world when you don't pot an Ava, like what's the, like, that's that, that, I mean, superficially that strikes me as like, Oh, imagine your depression away. Um, yeah what what's what's it actually saying i think that that's i mean i think that that's as close to what it's actually saying as as you can get as being like like piloting ava and bringing yourself to pilot ava is a metaphor for bringing yourself to perform the most fundamental tasks of being a person um but you are still miserable but you're better than if you just sort of lounged around and then eventually sort of slowly melted into the soil and died (laughs) um yes uh, (laughs) <laughs> but eventually like you can't pilot Ava forever eventually you have to break free of that you have to start doing things that aren't what you're told you know no. you have to start you have to start doing more than just your bare minimum responsibility you, you have to start living for yourself and not for yeah. others yeah uh, so when she said yeah, you I, can imagine a world in which you don't pilot Ava like it like is she saying that Shinji you you're good enough to like imagine a f- imagine a future for yourself yeah sort of thing yeah which is like, something that like like i definitely struggle with yeah. as as a person struggling with depression as, as being like imagining any potential future different from how things currently are is nearly impossible yeah um because it just feels like it's going to be this way forever mm-hmm. uh but yeah there's another good there's another good bit in, in episode 26 uh in the beginning of episode 26 where um i think it's ray who says shinji you're not the only one who's hurting you only believe that because it's easier to think that <laughs> right, um right. you know and that and i think that really emphasizes like the way in which his behavior hurts other people like the way in which him relying entirely on others for his self-worth doesn't just hurt him it hurts everybody around him because other people have their own shit to deal with you know, other people have their own problems, and if you're yeah. constantly relying on them telling that, telling you that you're good, then when they're unable to do that for any reason, like, because they're dealing with their own shit or because yeah. they're dead, um, then you're shit out of luck. And um, also, to say, like, they're dealing with the issues of self-worth and stuff, and so to tell them that they don't have problems is fucked up and yeah. and shitty. And yeah, and then there's there's another another good bit where... where um, uh, 
somebody, somebody, I don't remember who, because it's a bunch of people talking to Shinji at this point, and I don't, I, they all sort of blend together, uh, where it says, you're always so quick to dismiss your self-worth, because if you believe that and you do nothing, then you won't be hurt. Um, you know, because if, and this is something that rings extremely true for me, of, of, if you believe that it's going to go horribly, and that it does go horribly, because it often does, then you're, you're not hurt. Because you you that was my expectation, you know. You can either right, be the, right. the appealing the appealing thing about pessimism is that you can either be right or pleasantly surprised. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah. <laughs> but it but it does have a self fulfilling aspect. Yeah. In which if you if you always believe you're going to fail, it, you don't have you don't really yeah. you don't try as hard. Blah blah blah. Yeah, and you don't even you might not even try at all. You know. Right. right. Um, and then there's there's a weird moment, and I don't really understand how this fits into the metaphor. Uh, but I did want to bring it up because there's a moment where Shinji picks up the phone and on the other end of the phone is everybody he knows telling him that they hate him. Oh, Christ. <laughs> and it's like, that's like a space funeral gag. That's like, <laughs> that's, that's, you just pick up the phone and it's just suddenly every single person you've ever met in your entire life says, I hate you. And then you hang up. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, it's such a like in context i think the thing that they're doing is is forcing shinji to imagine a scenario in which he didn't have all of these people to lean can, on yeah and all of these people can, to rely can, on can you still kind of have a have a can you still have a sense of self-worth yeah yeah without with, with even if all of these people hate you uh mm-hmm. comically over the phone uh, but out of context, it is an amazing, absurdist gag. But yeah, um, and then they t- they start talking about sort of some of the the same stuff that we were talking about earlier about like other people's perception of you because they're talking about Shinji being all by himself in in the space that he's created and saying, and and then saying without the existence of things other than yourself, you cannot know your own shape. You cannot see yeah. yourself yeah. unless there are other people. You know, because you define yourself by looking at another person and saying, well, here's how I'm different from them. And yeah. if there's no other person, then you it's it's much more difficult or I think the show argues impossible to actually define yourself. Right. You and know? so, yeah, so that's, I, that's the idea that you like you can't just kind of yeah shut yourself off from everything and refuse yeah. to kind of be vulnerable. Yeah, because that's like the show in in that way avoids the sort of the sort of very individualistic or solipsistic tendency that it can that i think um, a message like this in clumsier hands could become because it's not mm. telling shinji to be selfish no, no you know um but i think that that it would i mean be I, I would to... argue that's that's it's sometimes too far in the wrong direction as in episode 19 which we talked about and, yeah uh, uh, i think he's not selfish you know, but like when, but when it's talking about like how you're the only person who's going to be there for every second of your entire life and right. about how other people have their own problems and you need to be able to hold yourself up and and and, and like support your own weight like yeah. it's not this like randian like like uh apologia of self-responsibility no one no one is gonna be there for you no one cares about you no it's yeah not that. pull yourself up by your bootstraps <laughs> um like it's it's not that it's that um it's 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 something a little more subtle than that um but yeah so then we get we get an incredible an incredible sequence where <laughs> Uh, where all of their budget for this episode, all their animation budget, <laughs> is spent on a slice of life anime parody. 
Uh, <laughs> we're very I'm, smart. Oh god! Um, because you get you get a, a fantastic shot of Ray running with toast in her mouth, and it's so cute. Yeah. So so Asuka uh, and and Shinji are ch- are the classic like childhood friends, where like with like un unacknowledged like romantic feelings towards each other, and then yeah, they're, and, and then Asuka comes over to wake up Shinji. You're late to school. They run, 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 and then the, the new transfer student is coming today, and it's Ray yeah, with her toast, toast in her, her mouth. Yeah, and then they mouth. hit, and then Shinji sees her panties, um, <laughs> and then uh, uh, yeah, it's 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 very. Uh, and then Misato is is the sexy teacher. Yeah, uh, it's it's uh it's it comes so out of fucking completely nowhere. And it's so good. <laughs> it's such a good sequence. It's just it's just uh, like it's well, we're so gonna make a point about <laughs> about how like there's a life for you that doesn't involve being miserable all the time. But also, what if it was a parody of the first episode of Sailor Moon? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You know, what if, what if this was just, what if this was just every anime? What if we did an anime? <laughs> uh, um, and then after that, you get this sort of probably the most famous sequence from this show, which is Shinji sort of sitting on this like weird foggy film set in a, in a folding, in a steel folding chair as he sort of realize has this, has a, a sort of epiphany about himself, about being about the fact that it's fine to just be him and that he's no yeah. more or he doesn't have to be any more or less than himself and that and he f- sort of discovers that like he wants to be alive and he wants to be a person and he wants to like have an impact on the world and then we get another visual metaphor uh admittedly admittedly like like the thing about all of these uh, about like any recovery from depression narrative is that it inevitably trends into sort of cheesiness um, <laughs> cheesy corniness because yeah. we get we get like of course like a, a a string section reprise of a cruel angel's thesis mm-hmm. uh and like piano reprise of of it while shinji's having this epiphany and then but then we get like actually quite a good visual metaphor because the thing is is that as soon as shinji is able to support his full weight by his by himself and is able to to have his own self sense of self-worth like then all of the things that he wanted, his relationships with other people, other people praising him, those come into the world. And the argument that this show is making extremely, extremely pointedly is that your happiness doesn't follow the praise of others. It's the other way around. It's that having a sense of self-worth and being secure in yourself is lets what you then accept, leads to. Let, well, it's, yeah. it, I mean, lets you accept the praise of others. It, yeah, um, it lets you accept the praise of others, and it, and it leads to other people seeing you as more praiseworthy, yeah, uh, as yeah. as seeing you as, as less of a burden and an asshole. <laughs> yeah. um, the clap-clap-claps clap, are still very cheesy. The clap-clap-clap... I, I don't give a shit. The fucking congratulations scene is <laughs> great i will i will die on this hill congratulations um, oh, so yeah so shinji so like there's this big explosion and then everybody that shinji's ever met is there and they're all clapping for him and they tell him congratulations uh pen pen's there asuka's there they're all very happy for him uh and and but like it's extremely corny but i also can't really think of anything better that they could have done uh, <laughs> uh because it really is just such a it, it is just such a summation of everything that has happened for the past two episodes and for the past 26 of just like if you are less of an asshole people will like you more um <laughs> yeah. you know 
<laughs> like like you think your depression is as a result of other people not liking you but as a result but actually it's that other people don't like you because of your depression basically yeah, yeah which i think or just is, because, is... Or because just because of the unhealthy ways in which you yeah cope with your depression yeah like like yeah um and 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 overcoming your depression is is the path forward and not just being mad at other people for not giving you enough praise yeah um so yeah so that's that's Evangelion. We've talked for two and a half fucking hours about Fuck Evangelion. Me. Yeah. Uh, a little, so a little yeah. over, a little over, a little over budget, you might say. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we're just gonna, was, we're just gonna devolve into blips and bleeps. Yeah, I was like, oh, eventually we're gonna just. This is I when I this is honestly opti- optimistic for me because I was expecting we were gonna go oh, shoot overshoot three hours. <laughs> um, and we still we still time. Uh, oh, do we have to read the an- my anime list reviews of Evangelion? <laughs> I feel like we kind of have to. Oh, fuck. Okay, uh, okay. Because uh, just imagine how good they're going to be. Oh, God, I know. That's what I'm afraid of. All right, I'm ready. No, I'm not ready. Go. Look, I only have 445 hours left of recording time, so hurry it up. Yeah. <laughs> um... Oh no! This is review. so. This is so ominous. I'm looking for a bad review because the the first so the first review of this person says, before I go on to say negative things about this show, I like to say that underneath my criticism is a show that is wonderfully unique with a very interesting story and well developed, uniquely interesting characters. Now I'm just going to talk about the things I didn't like about it. This show is confusing. This show is very confusing. This is a <laughs> thing that comes up very often when people talk about Ava is how confusing it is. It's not like. Like the plot shit is confusing, but it doesn't matter. I know, but lo- but but the def- <laughs> look the default position is to try to understand the fucking plot. <laughs> yeah, but like, but like, like it, it's this. We, I, I it, Cass, we are extremely galaxy brain to have ascended to the point where the default <laughs> is not to care about the plot. <laughs> yes, but like, like, yeah, exactly. We're extremely galaxy brain, and I think that's fucked up. Like. Like, it, it, I think it's it's this nerd impulse. Like, there's there's another great Dan Olson video about about the film Annihilation, um, which I will also link in the in the description because now that I've mentioned it and it's very good, um, and about how so many people and this is like a whole genre of like YouTube video essay is people so many people trying to explain the plot of Annihilation, um, and trying oh to like figure out what happens in Annihilation, and it's like no 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 the movie makes perfect sense if you approach it thematically and it doesn't matter any other way um but like so much nerd media shit like this is a thing that i i notice a ton in video game storytelling but also in in comic book storytelling and anime storytelling is that a a lot of the stuff that people hold up as being really well written has a lot of the stuff that you would imagine a good story would have they have interesting characters and intricate plots and 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 the dialogue is is at the very least passable and quite and and occasionally very good you know and and but so often because that surface level stuff is passable or good people miss the fact that it's missing these higher level structural elements like themes i i, mean, I don't don't get me i didn't like annihilation don't get me started <laughs> uh, it, the, the music music and sound design fucking ruled but uh, uh whatever but yeah like like and especially but even in a movie like like annihilation which very much wears its themes on its sleeve 
um, you know, it would be like that's a it's a great movie. Like Dan Olson points out in his video on it, that it would be a great movie to base a like 101 level film studies class around because not because it has so little going on, but because it has a lot going on. But it's all thematically straightforward. Like it's all, um, it's all sort of out there. Um, I for- you know? I forget what are the themes of Annihilation. Um, Annihilation is all about dealing with trauma. Um, and about the way that different people deal with trauma and the, the shimmer as a giant metaphor for trauma. Okay. I didn't get that. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, but like so many people, um, their, their first impulse is, is to try to understand like literally what's happening when, especially when you're like Ava, when it makes way more sense to understand like, well, what does this mean? Like, who do these characters represent? Because the reality is, is that even if the plot made sense, it still wouldn't matter because Seal and Nerve and the second impact in Tokyo 3 aren't real. We just yeah, made well, them up. Yeah, but I think, I mean, like, I don't know, I think ner- good narrative design handles both. Like, yes, maybe that's just my personal bias. Like, like, like we saw with Lane, I don't have a lot of patience for like, the, like, basic, what's basically visual poetry. Um, like, I prefer kind of a kind of a solid coherent narrative and like obviously it, that shouldn't be all it is but um any but but I, I i get the impulse to have kind of the 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 structure that the that the theme is built on to be able to kind of at least hold together yeah um I'm looking at more and more of my analyst reviews. This is a uh, this is a, a, a five out of ten review, and God, this person is very stupid. Woo! Um, like it, it's not like the writing here isn't cringeworthy, which is usually what we dunk on. Um, uh, uh, but yeah, he talks. He talks about uh, this, the, this guy. This guy says. Uh, I will start with the good aspects of the series. The art was good for its time. The art is good now. The art is gorgeous. The show is gorgeous. Uh, fuck you. Uh, Look, this, some- is is there lens flare? Do we have enough bokeh? <laughs> uh, the art was good for its time, something noted in pretty much every review. I do like the music, both the opening and the ending. The soundtrack overall is pretty good. It fits for the most part, especially when it's a coordinated attack of Asuka and Shinji on one of the angels. It fits the music quite well. <laughs> I did love the... Uh, I did love the overall concept a lot. I like the way the world was set up with a false city underground as a haven. That's a complete mi- that's a complete misreading of Nerve Headquarters, uh, of, of the metaphor of Nerve Headquarters. Uh, the way they had the whole Angel Ava combat and a protagonist who isn't always successful was good. And then you have the characters. First, I'll talk about the few characters I actually did like. Masato is a muchly figure for Shinji, or should I say main character, because I won't grace him a name. Misato is one of the sober human characters that be found in this show. Her character displays reasonable human emotions. She has the only reasonable actions. She plays the main character and the rest of the Ava pilots. Kaji is another good character. The relationship between Kaji and Misato works well both thematically and as a plot device. The beginning of the story and the past leads to a strange relationship between the two. As the Ava pilots go closer, Shota shut Kaji and Misato. Finally, as the relationship crumbles due to the Ava, Kaji and Misato's crumbles with, a Kaji, with Kaji's departure, i.e. death? Kaji doesn't die at the end of this show. I don't know where you got that. Um, he goes on the also, land, basically, right? But also, the Ava pilots don't grow closer. They explicitly start to hate each other more and more and more. Um, oh God, we we did talk about it on our in our first podcast how all the like my anime reviews for Gunbuster are like this is the the kind of the pure Evangelion. Like yeah. this is 
this is the good one because um, it doesn't have any of like the big themes. Uh, yeah, this guy's whole thing is just like, oh, this whole show is just a setup for End of Ava, and they and like all the important stuff happens in End of Ava, and it's just like, no, 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 my dude, you've completely missed the point both of this show and of End of Ava because End of Ava is explicitly a dunk on people like you, <laughs> um, which is great. Like, like End of Ava is the kind of dunk that's amazing because the people who it's a dunk on do not realize it's a dunk on them. Um, and so, so all of us clever people get to watch it and, and realize, uh, and realize what it is about. But also, Gainas gets to, like, rake in the dollars from people who just wanted more Asuka punching robots and more shit about instrumentality. Yeah, I saw another, a, a tweet being, yeah, basically being like, every, like, every, like, new rebuild or whatever is, like, just giving, I don't know, more money to like shit on <laughs> on the audience <laughs> yeah it's really fucking good all right let's see i think i there was something else that 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 reminded me of misato kaji there aren't as many negative mean. reviews as you might think as, as i might think um oh, and i i um that's a shame <laughs> here's a fucking awful this is a 4 out of 10 review Shinji is fine I understand how he feels about his father and there are moments like the telephone scene where I bought into it but overall it's not explored it's brought up but it's largely not explored did you watch the last two episodes? did you watch the last two episodes? interesting they replaced Continue. the exploration with the psycho babble of the last two episodes ah like Asuka ah yes of course I didn't understand like, it so it must be nonsense like young uh, Freud Yes. And then, like Asuka, he learns nothing. Shinji is a completely different person in the final minutes of the last episode than he is at the beginning of the episode. What the fuck are you talking about? What the actual fuck are you talking about? I didn't buy his romance with Asuka. What? He didn't uh, have a romance with Asuka. <laughs> what romance kissed? with Asuka are you talking Look, about? If, he kissed and almost died. If it's a kiss, it's a romance, okay? Okay, I, th- I feel uh, bad like we're dunking on babies. Yeah, I, I feel a little bit bad about dunking on these people who are not very smart. Um, but God, they're all so, so stupid. Ugh. All right, all right, all right. We'll move on. We'll move on. Uh, do you have a book to recommend? Uh, I guess so. I was trying to think, like, if I had something that had any, like, even the remotest, like... <laughs> thematic connection to Ava, but the only, like, exceptional thing I read this month is, like, just the complete opposite. Uh, Life Mask by uh, Emma Donahue, an Irish writer. Uh, it's, ex- like, it's 100% my shit. It's, like, Hilary Mantel crossed with Sarah Waters, so it's, like, lesbian historical fiction. Um, what Hilary Mantel is best known for is her, like, Wolf Hall series, which is about Thomas Cromwell, who was an advisor to Henry VIII, but she also wrote a book about the French Revolution, and and her thing is kind of like this is how history might actually have gone. This is like this is what the kind of the undocumented private lives of these people might have been like, and so it tries to remain within the confines of of um, of historical truth. And so Emma Donahue's Life Mask uh, is the same thing. It's about Anne Damer, who was the first at least the first well-recognized English sculptress. Uh, and this was in kind of Regency-era England, so late 1700s. 
uh, and she was widely rumored to be a lesbian. Um, and so this this follows her and her and kind of people close to her. So one was the, an actress named Elizabeth Farron, who she was rumored to be ha- having an affair with. Um, and then the, the Earl of Derby, who started the um, Kentucky the Kentucky Derby, is ba- named after him, and some other people. So um, if if uh, it's I mean I it's very good historical fiction. It's it gives slow burn a, a, a new like it, it takes five hundred pages for anyone to kiss. It owns, oh. um, so it's like one hundred and ten percent my shit and one hundred and ten percent not your shit. Yeah. So uh, I feel like that, I feel like that's a good way to get revenge on you for. Um, if you okay, here's, here, here's a Venn diagram where our interests might meet. Um, <laughs> this one of my uh, I, this has not literally zero things to do, zero anything to do with Evangelion, but it does have something to do with what you just recommended, and this is what I recommend. <laughs> uh, it is it is Montaigu, the Promised Land of Error by Emmanuel Leroy Leroy Laduri. La, La, La I don't. It's a fucking French ass name. I don't know. Sounds French. But, yeah. Yeah. Um. So, Montaigu is a pion. Is is one of the most well known and is one of the earliest works of micro history. Uh, and so Montaigu is a small town in the south of France. It's like at the base of the Pyrenees. Uh-huh. Um. Like right near the border with Spain, and in uh, in the 13th century or the the 12th century actually, so the 1300s, there was uh, there was the French Inquisition going on there, led by Bishop Jacques Fournier, who later went on to become Pope Benedict the 12th. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, the Inquisition there was to this was sort of pre-Protestant Protestant Reformation by a few hundred years, and so it was to stop out the sort of few small. Uh, Catholic heresies uh, <laughs> that existed. And the one that existed in the south of France at the time, the primary one, uh, was Catharism. Uh, there were others. There was Waldensianism. Um, oh, you were was, talking which, about Catharism yes. on, a, on a stream. I meant, I brought this up on a stream. Uh, and so so Montaigu was, was seen by Jacques Fournier as like a hotbed of Catharism. Uh, and there was basically, the town was split between families that lived there that were Cathar families and families that lived there that were Catholic. Um, and Catharism is the best Christian heresy. Uh, it's awesome. Uh, it is a, a kind of Gnosticism, um, which is a, a sort of answer to the problem of evil. And so if you if you know anything about the philosophy of religion, the, uh, you'll know that the problem of evil is uh, essentially the question of how could a god that is perfectly good and all-powerful, like the one described in the Bible, um, create a world that has evil in it, especially as much evil as there is in the world that we live in? Uh, And there are various responses to the problem of evil, but the, the Gnostic response to the problem of evil is to say that the world that we live in was not created by God. It was, in fact, created by an evil spirit called the Demiurge. And all material things, all matter, is evil. And all uh, and all spiritual stuff is good. And so that's why there's evil in the world, is because all matter is evil. And the thing about Gnosticism is that it's the answer to the problem of evil, where you give it and everybody gets mad at you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nobody likes this answer. <laughs> Um, absolutely nobody likes, likes this answer. Um, so Gnosticism sprung up sort of around the same time as, like, Plotinus was writing, uh, so, like, the Middle Platonists, 
uh, and like and like Neoplatonists were writing people who f- philosophers uh, who tried to sort of incorporate the ideas of Plato into Christian theology because it was a few hundred years AD. So Catharism is a kind of Gnosticism, and they believe all of this stuff, um, and they believe that all uh, all people are genderless angel spirits trapped in human bodies, um, and which is a mood and a half if I've ever heard one, and they. Uh, so Montaigu was had a lot of Cathars in it, and it had a lot of Catholics in it, and it, it's it's hotbed for intrigue because, of course, you can't necessarily just go around telling everybody you're a Cathar, and also you can't go around telling everybody you're a Catholic because if you say you're a Catholic, then Cathars will come to your house and like beat your shins in, um, and uh, vice versa. <laughs> uh, so uh, so what happened was Jacques Fournier in the year 1300 arrested the entire town of Montaigu. <laughs> Um, for heresy and interviewed all of them meticulously um, about basically every detail of their lives for the 20 years prior to their arrest. Oh my God. Um, and this create, he created a document called the Fournier register that was then stored in the Vatican library until the seventies when the guy who wrote this book, uh, basically found it. It was sort of known about, but sort of realized its significance and used it to write an incredibly detailed account of the lives of people living in this one village in the south of France around the year 1300. Oh, that owns. Uh, It's so good. It's so different from what you get in like history class when you learn about the Middle Ages. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they talk about, there's a lot of fascinating details about this. Like if you're, if you, if you're, uh, if you're a slut for the drama, there's tons of that. Everybody's <laughs> cheating on, everybody's cheating on everybody in Montague. Hell yeah. Um, uh, you know, all the priests are fucking people and they're trying not to let it slip because priests aren't supposed to fuck. Um, <gasps> whoops. You know, it's, it's, there are, so like the, 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 so Catharism doesn't have priests, but it does have, it does have holy men who they're not like. They have some some small religious authority that they can give out blessings, but principally they adopt sort of the most uh, the most thorough Cathar lifestyle because Cathars believed that because all material goods were evil, all all matter was evil, then food from Earth was evil, oh, and God. so when you died. Uh, as a Cathar, to die as a Cathar, you would basically, if you knew you were dying, you would get somebody in to give you a blessing to purify you, and then you would starve yourself to death. Uh, um, because if you ate something, then you wouldn't get into heaven. So kind of the, the, cut, cut, uh, the, the cutoff window of, of bringing yeah. sin into your body. Yeah, and so the... <laughs> the and so they thought that some kinds of material uh, of matter were better than others, and so they, these holy men were, they were vegetarians... Um, and they, they, they drank only water. They never drank alcohol. You know, they, they held themselves to the highest standard. Uh, and of course they took advantage of this position quite often to just like have sex with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and the best part about them is that, um, they were called perfect, uh, or perfects Ooh. in, in, but in French, the word perfect is parfait. <laughs> <laughs> Yummy. Uh, so, yeah, so th- this is a book all about parfaits. Yeah. Um. For the record, my take on the problem of evil is that the existence of, of suffering is evidence, but far from decisive evidence that God doesn't exist. 
that's also probably my take on it. Although my probably second favorite take on it is the Gnostic take on it. No, that's, uh, that's much more it, fun. Don't it's way better than, than just being like, well, what if God isn't all that good? <laughs> no, I mean, th- like the, the standard, uh, the standard objection is like, God is like inconceivably more intelligent than us. And this all plays into some like 11 D yeah. chess he's doing. And then the atheists are like, bullshit there's no way 11d chess will be necessary for god's purpose and then the retort is i just said we can't understand what god is doing yeah it's very it's and, a very and, tedious and, sort of and so, yeah, so it's very <laughs> tedious and so like the 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 religious philosophers are like oh this the existence of suffering tells us nothing and yeah. which flies in the face of probability theory because it's just, it's just, it's, and, but the atheists, like, it tells us everything. Uh, yeah. that, and so, of course, it's in between. It's just like, if, like, if yeah, you, if you, it's... if you believe, like, sincerely in God, like, this shouldn't really shake your faith that much. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause the I mean, actual, it, sh- it should a little bit, that... a little bit, but not the, like, the actual answer is that, like, un- unlike what most atheists, most shitty atheists nerds seem to believe, the primary reason people believe in God has nothing to do with logic, and right. also the primary reason people believe in anything has nothing to do with logic. Mm-hmm. Like, most people don't reason their way into the positions that they have. <laughs> yeah. Um, they just adopt those positions because they're convenient to them, or because their friends have them, or because their parents have them. And I, yeah. I'm not excluding myself from this. Or because they want to get laid. Yeah. That's why I, <laughs> that's why I became a leftist. <laughs> That's like oh, barely a joke. <laughs> um, oh dear. Anyway, so yeah, that's Montague, the Promised Land of Error by Emmanuel Leroy Laudry. Hell yeah. Um, I was recommended that book. Also, I should give a shout out to Laura Mache, uh, who is a very good friend of mine. She's at L Mache on Twitter, and that's Mache spelled a very French way. Oh my. M I C H. <laughs> you're gonna link to someone else yeah whatever whatever it's laura mache she's great she worked on frog fractions and uh where the water tastes like wine and she uh did a talk at glitch city which is a a game collective workspace in los angeles about this book which is how i found out about it oh nice. uh, and then i read it and then i loved it um so if you if you hate it blame her and if you love it uh blame her <laughs> So, yeah. uh, so anyway, next month, what are we doing? Next month, uh, after this nearly three-hour-long podcast, uh, we are going to be watching the rebuilds of Evangelion oh, and fuck. end of Evangelion. Oh no! Um, so that's four movies. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Are you kidding me? I thought it was at most three. No, that's four movies. Uh, but like compared to watching an entire 26 episode anime, it's actually I know, I know. It's not that bad. So, so yeah, so the end of Evangelion was released in the early 2000s, like 2001-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, basically as it was sort of billed as an alternative ending to the show or the the intend uh, the intended ending of the show is what f- some some fans will say that it is. <laughs> um, and but the reality of End of Ava is that it is partly the intended ending of the show. Like, partly it is stuff that I'm sure that was supposed to be in episodes 25 and 26, but yeah. they just didn't have the budget to animate it. But it is largely 
uh, dedicated to say to saying to the people who didn't like the original ending of the show that they can go fuck themselves. Um, and this is what Hideaki Anno thinks of you, uh, and it's that you're a real piece of shit. Um, um, Hell yeah. And the rebuilds of Evangelion are a similar thing. They are essentially that, but for the whole series. But they're oh, a Jesus. while while End of Ava is um is very much a a completely uncalled for dunk on <laughs> on just like the legions of fans of, of Evangelion who just happen to di- who who dislike the ending. Um, and I say it's uncalled for. It's completely called for. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, so I was gonna say, huh? Pulling punches all, all of a sudden. No, it it is just a, a a brutal dunk on on thousands of pervert otaku, uh, <laughs> just legions. Uh, the rebuilds are a much more straight faced attempt to to sort of okay, what if we did Ava again? But now I am a more experienced filmmaker and I have more of an idea of what I want the show to be, and we have a higher budget because these are feature films and not t- and not a TV show. Yeah. Um. So. Right. From friends that I know who have who have watched the rebuild, so I've seen the first rebuild. That I haven't. Oh, you I've, haven't. Oh. I've, I haven't seen the later rebuilds. My goodness gracious uh, me! Fr- uh, I've I've heard a variety of opinions ranging from that they are significantly worse from the original TV show to that they are leaps and bounds better from the original TV show, and that specifically, uh, one friend of mine has said that that the second the second rebuild movie is is uh one of the greatest movies ever made. Wow. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see what we yeah, think but... about the rebuilds and and end of Ava. I'm very wow. excited. I'm very. I'm so excited for you to watch End of Ava. <laughs> oh no! Uh, it's gonna be. It's gonna be wild. Um, oh, I'm so stoked. Oh, <laughs> I'm so stoked. Are you anyway. stoked in the same way you were stoked before? No, no. This one, I ha- I'm genuinely optimistic that you might like End of Ava. Oh. oh. Um. And if you don't like it, it'll also be hilarious. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, so thanks everybody for listening. This podcast has been too long. Um, we still gotta plug ourselves. We still gotta plug ourselves. Yes, right. You can find me on Twitter at prophet underscore goddess. You can find me on Mastodon at skeleton. You can find me on Mastodon at prophet underscore goddess at skeleton dot cool. You can find my 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 blag at blood dot church. I make video games at prophet goddess at h dot io. That's pretty much it. I stream oh, yeah. at twitch.tv slash prophet goddess, no underscore. No underscore. Write that yes. down. I am on Twitter at dun dun dun. That's D-U-N-N three times. Uh, Mastodon Catalina at selfie.army. Selfie with a Y. I'm not telling you my blog. Except read my thing on Killing Eve. It's linked to my Twitter. Yeah, you couldn't tell people your blog because you just have a weird confusing URL because it's on Tilda Town. Yeah. Uh, and that's it. We'll see. We'll see you in a month. Yeah, yeah. We'll see you in a month. Hell yeah. Later, everyone. Good night. Thanks for listening.